Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's my dead man switch. Are you going to do it? You can put that thing, can't you? Like, if I don't log into this website every day, it will go onto go onto all social media. Is that a horror film? <laughs> no, it's. You that can sounds it. like some shit horror film you'd watch, Cleves, and you'd be like, <laughs> I watch. It. I don't know what the story was. It's weird. It's set in social media. It's fan footage. And, um, <laughs> a guy has to go on a website every day for a week. If he doesn't, <laughs> like, um, his balls get cut off. Um, I want to st- say before we start this mm. that I forgot how terrifying this was, mm. and it is the it's the scariest thing I've ever heard, and it it really really puts the willies up. Oh, me. good! It is the last absolutely amazing. Okay, yes, it is James. Brilliant. Did you know the ending before? You no. To it? Okay. Oh, right, thank it's, God! It's, it's, you start, told me yeah. not to start the podcast. Start the podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome back to the 27th Good episode Lord. of General Witchfinders oh, Podcast. 27th. I'm James oh, in Portland, Southern England. James is a bit kind of... Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome, oh, welcome yeah. to the North. <laughs> yeah, sort of channeling... Uh, oh, I didn't like that. My name is... <laughs> I'm Tom and I'm in uh, South Wales, which is in the south of Wales. <clears throat> I'm Ross in Dorchester in Southern England. And this time we bring you our 2020 Nigel Neal Double Beal, which I like the um, the illustration there, featuring no. The Road and Beast's Baby. Mm, baby. Beast Baby. Beast Baby. 
Thomas Nigel Neal was a British screenwriter who wrote professionally for more than 50 years. He was a winner of the Somerset Mall and was twice nominated for the BAFTA Award for Best British Screenplay. This year is the 100th anniversary of his birth. Predominantly a writer of thrillers that used science fiction and horror elements, he was best known for the creation of the character of Professor Bernard Quatermass. Neil wrote well-received television dramas such as The Year of the Sex Olympics, amazing title, and <laughs> the currently third highest scoring general witchfinders classic, The Stone Tape, in addition oh. to the Quatermass series. He is being described oh. as one of the most influential writers of the 20th century and as, in quotes, having invented popular TV. Mm. So this is part one, The Rose. And The Road is a 1963 British television play by Neil. It was broadcast as part of the BBC television anthology, dra- um, BBC television anthology drama series First Night. An Australian mm. remake was aired the following year. However, mm. no recordings of the play, renowned as one of the great missing masterpieces of British television, are known to exist, having been tragically wiped by the BBC. Mm. So we listened to the BBC Radio 4 audio adaptation, written by Toby Hudoak and directed by Charlotte Richards, aired on the 27th of October, 2018. The production stars Mark Gatiss, the amazing Mark Gatiss, it's Gideon Cobb, Adrian Scarborough as Sir Timothy Hassel, and Hattie Morahan as Lady Lavinia Hassel. There we go. There you go. Right. Mm. What are the other highest scoring... The uh, Omen. The Omen and... Uh, uh, the Signalman. Yeah, the Christmas. Double yeah. bill. The oh, Christmas double bill. Oh, interesting. I think that I actually do now prefer the Stone Tape to the Omen in retrospect. But- yeah, I think we, just, um, we had Richard Donner fever, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> and I have had a fever uh, after many a Donner in the past as well. And, <laughs> and the Signalman, excellent. The reason why I said it's currently our third high scorer is I feel this one could bust open the scoring chart. Yeah, today. yeah. This might be the uh, Ukraine in last night's Eurovision. Yes. To, um, <laughs> instantly date this Destroy um, the episode. Yeah. It's also a blood red moon tonight as well, so that Ooh. could help you date when it is. It's oh, well, exciting. it's not happening here because no. it's pissing it down. Yeah, it's over now, I think you can tell how, like, normally I write all, like, like four or five pages of pithy remarks <laughs> to try and make myself look in some way amusing when we do this. But yeah. the level of quality, I've literally just got one page of notes. Well, most, no of which just say, most of which just say, this is amazing. Yeah, but also, I think, <laughs> because this is our first audio drama we've done as well, mm, so there's no visuals is, yeah. to discuss. So, um, mm, no. Um, John, you wanted to do this. Why, why did you want to do... Because um, uh, I I didn't know I knew I I'd heard that it was um, the centenary of Nigel Neal who I didn't know had a first name actually mm. um, joins the other famous um, first name not users uh, like my dad Peter John Pountney uh, my friend mm. Lee who was Philip Lee Evans my other friend uh, Peter James Nee who was James Nee. I don't know who... Are there any Lots other Russell T. Famous? Davis. That's not his first real name. Is it not really? Yeah. What's his first name? I'm looking up now. Interesting. So I... Stephen. I know the, Stephen Russell T. Davis. It's Stephen Russell Davis. That's his real name. I think the T but has the T been, is, been added. The T is anything. Yeah. I think it's the... Um, so, 
So I um, thought, right, because it's a centenary, we should do a tie-in, TV tie-in. Um, I didn't know that you had heard this before, Ross, mm-hmm. uh, and I presume that James hadn't heard it because it's Correct. kind of un- it's unheralded as a radio drama. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good, and I think it's only been repeated. I think this is only the second time it's been repeated in four years um, since it was on, as it were. And I can't remember when I first heard it, but I just remember the last 10 minutes really giving me the willies. Mm-hmm. And mm. um, it's weird in the way that it uh, feels a bit unescapable um, listening to it. It's di- very different. It's a very different experience to watching something visual, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you listen to it on headphones, it really does... Um, well, I, I give, give you the collie wobbles. Yeah, but I the, the, the two times I've listened to it for this, I listened yeah. to it whilst driving in the car on my own, Ooh. and I think that added an extra <laughs> element to it as well. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. So just to, to, to say to everyone, um, yes, there will be loads of spoilers in this, and yes. it, it is something you don't want to be spoiled from. Um, it is... Yeah. It is available uh, online on the internet archive. So I put a link in the uh, show notes for this. Go and listen to that before you listen to this podcast. But it's about yes. forty-five minutes long, isn't it? Something yeah, it's like, forty-four yeah. minutes. Okay, it, it it's on. By the time we've done this and it's live, it will have gone off the uh, sounds. It's on for two more days on BBC yeah. Sounds. So moment. go and listen to it on um, the web. The link I got. You you often listen to us talk for over two hours about a load of bullshit. So I think you can listen to a properly produced. Uh, I highly yeah. recommend that, and I was going to real actual thing. So so to both of our listeners, thank you, Zena, as always. But what I, what I would recommend that you, as Ross yeah. says, go away and listen to it right now because number one, you yes. can't talk about it without spoiling it, and yeah. everyone should listen to this and have because John yeah. said to me after we'd finished. Last time out, if you heard the American Werewolf in London podcast, um, John says we do not be spoiled. Don't look at, yes. don't look it up. Just listen to it. Amazing advice. I'm very grateful for that because, by God, it's superb. Well, the the beauty of it is the reveal, isn't it? And it, you can't. Yeah. There's so many things, so many things now that you watch that don't really have a twist ending because you kind of know, yep. like all those fucking Marvel movies. I like. There's no twist ending in any of those, is there? Mm. Because it's just, all they do is set up the next thing, mm. whereas well, this doesn't have to yeah. set up anything except oh. really giving you the willies. I I do have a kind of spoiler beforehand, which isn't related mm. to the actual thing. Well, because it kind of gives away the ending here. I had nightmares the other night, good old-fashioned nightmares, because I saw the trailer to When the Wind Blows on Twitter. Right, yeah. The animated film. And I watched the trailer to that. And then I had a a very vivid nuclear apocalypse nightmare because of that the the same night, which I wasn't really prepared for, not having had a nuclear apocalypse nightmare for about 30 years. Mm -hmm. But I think all of our generation probably had those kind of nightmares, (laughs) didn't they? um, A nuclear apocalyptic nightmare does sound like you shat yourself. You know, that, that. <laughs> also, are you aware? I thought I almost sent this to you, John, but I thought oh, I, don't, I don't want to trigger him or set him off. But our mm-hmm. calendar has synced up with whatever year it is in threads. <laughs> so, you know, it's like sun, like Sunday, the 8th of September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this, it's, you know, and calendars. 
become oh, you're joking. again. Yeah, so we oh, were in no. a threads year. Yeah, and Finland. Oh. Uh, did Finland yeah. and <laughs> Sweden. Sweden want to join uh, NATO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, think... I would, I'd kill myself weeks and days before any kind of nuclear apocalypse. I'd just be like, fuck this, what's mm-hmm. the point? Oh, I don't um, know. I, I, I do... I do know where I will set up my post-apocalyptic court, where I would be um, <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff of Dorchester. Um, <laughs> great hall in Dorchester Museum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, the, the, the first episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, that me. Cue on a floating chair, yeah. <laughs> dressed like Cardinal Wolsey or something, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> That'd be Ross's outfit. I, I have yeah. said in the past I want to dress like that. My, I've said that about many things. I did a nice picture of Q in that outfit the other day. Uh, it, did it, you? I think it was like um, automatic writing. I, I started doodling. Like the channel jumped the last Yeah. Looking very fancy. Oh, I think we are. Just to say, I think it's a thunderstorm we're at the start because lightning's flashing. We're, we're meant to be having one here, but nothing's happened yet. Yeah. So if you hear thunder in the background, guys. Um, Good. It's not a sound effect. Well, yeah. it kind of goes with the story we're about to yeah. review, doesn't it? Okay, so should we go for the story? We yeah. should, we'll go well, through the story. Yeah. I, I've got very scant notes as well, so I don't know mm. how long. <laughs> but it starts in a spooky woodland with some Check local yokels, doesn't it? Thorn. Brilliant. Quiet, Spook, Loki. Tighten the rope, Jeff. These things will weigh it down. It needs to be taught. Hey, you're getting a bit of a tune out of it now, Lukey. I'll just be doing what the squire showed us. Uh, he showed us how, yeah, but he left us to do it. He's the squire. Besides, he's got a visitor. Uh, so this meant to charm him or scare him, then? Who? Oh. The spokes, Loki, the squire's... Ralph Einstein, who does the, exactly the same voice as he does in The Witch. It, yes. it, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't Ralph, matter. I mean, it's the I, only voice he's got, but it's, it's a very good it's voice. It's a great one. Yeah. He yeah. Is su- he's turned into, I think, just for the, the benefit of any foreign listeners, and such, mm. his first, he kind of sort of came to attention because he was Chris Finch, yeah. the horrible bully in the British yeah. version of The Office. Yeah, and <laughs> which is amazing. He, he, and he he could throw a kettle over a pub. What have you done? Yeah. Right, you know all, all of that amazing stuff. But then he kind of not reinvented himself. Like he, the, the roles that he picked in subsequent years have just been incredible. He's just and like then, a, he's a badge of a great film. Have you seen him? He yeah. is. Yeah. He is yeah. absolutely. He's incredible in The Witch. Um, he then makes a little cameo appearance in The Northman as well, doesn't yeah. he, Ross? You know, he's, he's at the end of that. He's in the the, mm. the Last Jedi. He was in the Last Jedi, oh, and so his roles I, I, I really cut down. I Batman, what I said about there being the sign of a good film. But oh, fuck. have I seen? Have I seen <laughs> the Last Jedi? Which one is that? Fuck off! That's, <laughs> is that that? Is that the one? The last one? No, it's the, mid, the middle one. He's in that, is he? Mm-hmm. Sorry, James. Who I, I was? I, I was just that was an open <laughs> door. I'm sorry. That's who, right. who, who who is he in it? Um, he is one of the Imperial officers. Ah, um, is he they, really? When they break, when. Finn breaks into the star breaks into the star destroyer and they they dress up. There is a longer scene where he stood in a lift with Ralph Innocent. Which oh, or Innocent, I, I always say his name wrong. Mm. And they, I don't when know they, if it's Einstein or Innocent. Innocent yeah. They say Einstein, but then when they get captured, you see him yeah. momentarily, thus pointing, yeah. thus pointing out, like, ah, you know, like he he fig- he partially figured it all out too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the ruse is up, but that's the only moment that you see him. But um, Ryan Johnson mm. was such a big fan of The Witch. Both he and mm. the woman who plays the mother, 
she's also in Last oh, Jedi. Okay, cool. Because he's such a big fan of it. Anyway. So, oh, so the one he... that plays the mother is terrifying, isn't she? Yeah, she is really the Scottish, scary. She scares the living so to me. That, that, that bit when the bird is pecking at her breast is just... Oh, 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 sorry, Jesus sorry, Christ. Sorry. So um, they are setting up um, something mm. for the squire. Uh, him and yeah. his accomplice, um, this this name kept pissing me off. Because, yeah, Lukey. Just, Lukey, they, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Lukey, and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't like that name. Stop saying, and they Sh- kept saying Sh- it over and over again. We should point out that this is set in like 1768 or yes, something, isn't correct. it? Correct. So the yes. squad yes. is getting them to set up um, almost like a an alarm, because he's yeah. going to do an experiment in the woods, and, and yes. it's to stop anyone interfering with it. Um, and then there's so it's like all, bells and stuff on a tree, isn't it? To yeah, kind of, the trip wires and stuff. Yes, yes. Um, and, but they, they're saying that, this is a spooky wood and there's been um, uh, sort of a goosey going on that happened in the past. So, uh, yes. Uh, but then the, their dog, Sam, um, starts... Uh, he gets the willies, gets doesn't he? And they hear... And I, I thought there was a great bit in here because they were saying... Um, they, they hear a noise. He goes, that's, that's the sound of rats. You know what the sound of rats make? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I thought the same. Yeah. So is that something Nigel Neal has written or is that something that Tony... Tony Oz- Toby Hedrick's put in. Yeah, he's put that in, hasn't he? I don't know. But yeah, if if you've you've watched the Stone Tape and listened to our podcast on there. Or if you've listened to every episode of ours, we (laughs) we quote that at least once. Once Country lads, you know what rats sound like. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) But they find um, the bones (laughs) or the skeleton of a, of something uh, of a child of something, something. yeah mm. yeah so that's a bit of a um red herring at that point yeah. isn't it or a bit of a mcguffin where you're kind of well you're thinking you're thinking very much about a, pa- a haunting from the past aren't yeah. you not to give too much away at this point well we've, we've, warned, um, them. we've warned them so it's it's really good atmosphere it's it's very well put together because i listen to quite a lot of these um BBC drama, like ghost stories and dramas and stuff on um, the Sounds app, and the quality of a lot of them varies, isn't it? is is extremely variable. <laughs> I listened to one the other day that was uh, a terrible, a, a kind of rereading of a Daphne du Maurier story where the sound of a gunshot was just like pew pew, and it just <laughs> spoiled all the atmosphere of the story. That yeah. it sounded like something from Tom and Jerry or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this one is very atmospheric and works really, really well. And aside, and, and have you listened? Should be on headphones, I think. Definitely, or, or in a on car headphones. with very yes. good speakers. So you've got surround stacks, surround sound. Uh, you listen to Doctor Who Redacted on BBC Sounds? I don't understand. No, it's really good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think at this point, Doctor Who is about as far away from my enjoyment as of Doctor Who as it can get. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for it to come back on that arc and start coming back towards like basically remembrance of the Daleks yeah. or like, you know, so something like this that. This is when, when we do have a uh, an apocalypse and Doctor Who is going to be like a play which is put on in, in, the, in <laughs> my court in Dorchester. <laughs> and you appear as like um, a, the a, magical a wandering blue tinker. box. Yes. <laughs> and then we meet Mark Gatiss. But he's fantastic, isn't he? That he, I, he is someone that is I can't even good. think of anything negative about him. I love I, the things that he's produced and done. I think are superb. Um, I yeah. just, and and John, Pop ever since you, maybe 
No, all right. But what I would say no, is I that that series he did on the history of horror is top top yeah. notch. And then that thing yeah. that he did on um, your favourite John, the horror whose name. Ghost Adventures. Zach Bagans. MR James. MR James, thank yeah. you. Yes. Um, that thing he did on MR James was fantastic. It's really his, good, yeah. Um, his Christmas horror stories are I just Very good. great as well. And when, ever since you told me that when you met him, he was really lovely, that has just pushed him up into a... Big I Roger Moore fan. Nothing, there you go. Enough said. I can think nothing bad yeah. about him. I was so disappointed... When we went to see um, League of Gentlemen at the Bic, uh, we came out the car park. We went to turn around, around the back, and him yeah. and uh, Steve and Reese were outside, yeah. like getting photographs yeah. of people. And I was, I was yeah. in the car, and I couldn't get out of the car. And I was like, ah, oh. uh, couldn't get out of the car, wrestling <laughs> with his seatbelt. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. No, because <laughs> there was other cars waiting behind us, and I couldn't get out. And I was like, oh, oh. missed my opportunity. Oh um, no! Oh, so, but yeah, so he's fantastic, and he absolutely smashes this. He's got. What I really like in in this is, yes, he's the main protagonist. Mm. Again, I would say. Mm, Interesting. Well, yeah, in this, again, I've written that you've got this kind of Nigel Neal thing that he does quite often and certainly does in um, um, Stone Tape. You don't really have a hero or a kind of, you don't know who you're rooting for. Mm. You don't know who's... You don't know who's going to be proven wrong and who's proven right and morally where that kind of puts the story. But I think that is the point of the story, isn't it? Because mm. they're both kind of discredited by the end of it. Um, so Gatiss plays this kind of coffee house, London coffee house, 18th century kind of um, philosopher or kind of yes. a bit of a just kind of boring <laughs> yes <laughs> well he's very self-assured isn't he yes well I put down I was very excited because I felt he's he's on my he's, he's part of my squad as someone yes. who did philosophy for a degree who teaches philosophy I was like yeah. here's my man and yeah. I'm going to get very pretentious here everyone so brace yourself you might want to both of our listeners are very sorry about this in advance yeah. but one of the things that I really really loved about all this and as I often say to students is he introduces himself. He says, I am a philosopher. But of course, because of the time in which it's said, 1768, if you would have gone and spoken to Isaac Newton and said, what's your job? What do you do? Newton would have said, I'm a natural philosopher. Mm. There wasn't such a thing as science. No, you know, no, the, no, no. The scientific method, the sciences, the branches of science had not become delineated yet. But of course, what's yes. great about this story is that it's set at that point where mm. you know, it's set during the you know, heart of the Enlightenment um, the enlightenment and it's you know kind of we're starting to get a better understanding of the world and he represents that doesn't he he just says look mm. one day you know one day we'll understand everything we'll get mm. there you know everything is a method mm. james i always get i haven't done philosophy for years now is it an, an imperialist is someone who says that everything's in the world is that correct empiricist sorry is someone who says that Knowledge is based on experience. Yeah, so mm. he was, he's an opposite then, isn't he? Because he's saying, I can I can do everything from in, from my mind. I don't need to experiment because the other guy is the guy who's experimenting. He said, I well, don't the other guy to- is the one, in inverted commas, who is seen as being um, the one that kind of believes in quirks and spooks and ghouls. But the other one is the one who is actually trying to, who is being more of a scientist, in inverted commas, uh, because he's... 
he's trying to do experiments to prove the mm. um, existence of something which is seen as being supernatural or fictional. Yeah, well, so and that's what, and that's where you've got this kind of ambiguity with this, which makes it, which is what makes it so interesting. My understanding of it is that the squire is someone who he he believes there's something there, but but he, he can't. He, it's it's almost beyond his grasp. Like so, he's he's talks about things like electricity as being um, mm. uh, something which is um, like liquid, like liquid. Mm. That's the only way he can make sense of it. But he thinks that I might not have it right now, but if I keep recording. Like the the mm. um, the uh, phenomenon. So at some mm. point, someone will build upon all of this experimental stuff and mm. work out eventually. Whereas yes. Cobb, uh, played by Mike Gates, I feel like he said, well, "We don't need to do any of this stuff, which is in the world. If we just use sit, reason we, alone, yeah, we just reason yeah. it out mm. that we, mm. we will yeah, come to it, and and the real world is actually stopping us from getting anywhere." And I thought, that mm. was- and the the other thing which I thought was beautifully observed for a forty-five minute thing is that, as you said, mm. Bruce. That Cobb, in many ways, you know, he's not such a good guy because, as we know, no. he has someone who he has freed from slavery and he's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, wiped yeah. all the nonsense from his, his mind and I have mm. replaced it with facts and knowledge and things. That, and mm. that makes you go, ah. but also that's beautifully in keeping with, you know, by the, um, as you, uh, you know, as we moved into the 18th, uh, sorry, no, it's the 19th century, you get mm. like the utilitarians, people like Jeremy Bentham. And for these guys, they would say, well, you know, if you're trying to figure out what is the right and wrong thing to do, you just literally look at the numbers. You can't concern yourself with people's rights or anything such as that. You know, society is, uh, you know, is a formula to be, you know, is a is a mathematical puzzle to solve. Not mm. that, you know. That this character and I thought, oh, Sorry. No, no, so I was just going to say, so I thought that was so brilliant that he represents that too. As I was Mm. saying, I thought this is so tight and this is so well written Mm. and well realized to represent that period in time. Super. In 45 minutes and tell a story. So essentially, the the wife of the squire has brought him from London. I couldn't Mm. understand. Are they looking for him to be some kind of like benefactor for the the, uh, experiments? Because that, that felt like maybe what the pretense was. Also, Ooh, it's implied that she actually wants to sleep with him as well. Um, yes. Um, the, yes. The subtext there is he, he wants to cop off with her, doesn't he? Yeah, and she wants read. to cop off with him as well. Yeah, but we husband. don't know what... Where, he's a bit of a dry old sticker husband, as they would say yes. in the 1960s, isn't he? Um, and then we've got the kind of manservant. I don't want to use slave because he's kind of been... He's an ex-slave. He's, like, yes. he's been emancipated, well, hasn't he? But yes. what's the... This, What's the subtext there for that there? That's what got me thinking. And I did wonder what the, if there is a subtext, what is the subtext for, for the. I, I think it's what James was saying is that um, he supposedly fleed, freed a slave and then mm. made him into like almost human, which is yes. uh, uh, by giving him the sense to reason. Um, mm. And. Or Western value. Exactly. And there was, mm. and there was a, a point where. Um, it's uh, said, well, it's assumed that maybe he did that for a good reason, but he's just saying, mm. well, no, I just did it. I just did it to see if I could do it. And then she said, yes. well, but you, you've written to say that slavery will end. And, 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 but he's got no moral side to that. He said, mm. yeah, well, it will, because at some point we'll have, we'll have machines who can do what slaves do. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the only reason. So I think it's to sort of show that, um, he's actually immoral, this guy, but he, he is, mm. 
very detached from the from, from the world. It's just all very much um, cerebral for him. Like yeah. how he looks at the world. The the kind of the, the way he deals with the um, the manservant and Jethro. the way he talks about him, Jethro. Yeah, reminded me a lot of Frankenstein mm-hmm. in terms of like you know the kind of creation of the perfect man and the idea behind the novel is that that. Frankenstein is trying to create this perfect man mm. and and you know it, it and and that's to do I mean this is set in a similar era it's about probably what 50 years before Frankenstein was written this is set so it's all the similar kind mm. of um yeah tropes isn't it to do Age with of enlightenment nightmares yep he's not doing it for altruistic reasons he's doing it just cuz he he thinks he's a big head and yeah to see if he can do it he just wants to show off really um i just and i one thing I do want to say at this point, I really enjoyed the little inflections that Mark Gatiss puts into his voice. Yeah. In so it's, it, a bit where he, um, it's a little bit militaristic and he sounds a bit of a, he sounds a bit like a kind of general, doesn't he? That's kind of like, yeah, a bit pissed, a bit kind of bored. And he's yeah. got that kind of clipped English kind of upper class intellectual kind of bore. Mm. And he gets it really well. He's probably met quite a lot of them in his life, unfortunately, for Mark yeah. Gatiss. So he yeah. probably has to do like, oh, you oh, you write for Doctor Who. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. never really liked it much myself, you know. Jethro is an experiment. You see, I make them too. On the whole, he works. He's a man. He is now. Almost. He was bought in slavery by an old friend of mine. I emptied his mind clean and poured in new impressions. I set him at all matters to seek truth, tested his brain against others in argument, and at last, that savage is the equal of any man in the kingdom. Then why do you not respect him? (laughs) Respect? (laughs) Respect, sir, is no part or parcel of the matter. You might as sensibly ask me to respect him for the silver buckles I put upon him. I can respect him. Sir... You have a vice of politeness in you. <laughs> politeness of vice? In many it is. Should your husband succeed this night, he'll beg pardon of the ghosts for raising him. And I notice you are happy to have my slave fetch and carry for you whilst re- respecting him as a man. You speak so, Mr. Cobb. And mean it too. Yet you fight against slavery. Slavery has always existed, madam. You have written against it. Uh, But not to signal my virtuousness. I have said it will come to an end. Not quite the same thing. Good or bad, it must end by being ridiculous. Machines will supplant it. Machines? Without a doubt. The great steam pumps we see now are going to have a million descendants. In a hundred years, in in two, two hundred and fifty certainly, machines will do all the world's fetching and carrying. They'll carry men through the air and over the seas. They can free man from his folly, his savagery. How can they? Man will have made them. Yes, and they will sow and reap for us, water the deserts, melt the polar snows. All this with steam? Uh, There'll be far greater forces. They're in the pub and they, they, the two workmen, they they also came across uh, the, uh, the landlord's daughter, um, mm. While they was out there, and they bring her back. Not Brett Eckland. Not Brett Eckland, Dave. Um, <laughs> and bring her back to the uh, to the pub, and she is she's someone who's seen the road before. Yes, witnessed something along those lines. So she's kind of touched with um, 
the 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 third eye or whatever, isn't it? So she mm. she's got the ability to like see spirits and stuff. Around this time, I've noted known in uh, inverted commas the catastrophic event in the past imprints itself on the landscape. Yes, which is a, a very that's, um, that's a theory, isn't it? Yeah, th- uh, but that again is a, is. Not a new theory to um, supernatural fiction at this point with Nigel Neal, but he is the one in this, in Quatermass, in the Stone Tape. He puts this like unique twist on this kind of idea of a traumatic event leaving a kind of residual mm. um, ghost in the machine kind of idea. And I think um, it's interesting they they're talking about electricity at this point as well, and yeah, we, and I think they're. He's he's talking about them in a similar sort of way that I don't we know electricity exists, but we don't understand it enough at the moment. So we're trying to describe it. And he's saying, mm. what if there's another thing it, mm. that exists which which um, has like trauma, which can can contain trauma, mm. has some kind of way of recording, and that also um, can be there. And there's later later on they talk about he's got bottles because he wants to see if if it does exist. He wants to try and get it in a bottle. Yeah, yeah, to- yeah, yeah. Which is at this point an excellent I, idea again. <laughs> I've written down excitedly. It's the Stone Tape prequel. Yes. and I suddenly mm. realised, like, oh, cool! I see what he's kind of Definitely. doing here. And yeah, yeah, as yeah, with the Stone yeah. Tape, I noticed that as with poor old Jane Asher, women are just like dismissed out of hand. Mm. And I yes. thought that's interesting, like a Nigel Neal thing. That was, oh, well, you're a woman. Mm. You wouldn't mm. know. And I thought, oh, it's interesting how you know both stories mm. have that in common. Mm. But but they are right often. But so they are right. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. It's not Nigel Neal dismissing them. It's the characters no, who are in the story. Yeah. It's the idiots in the story who are just like, oh well, you can, couldn't understand because you're just a weak female, mm. like yeah. a weaker species. Mm. It's it's that kind of. But it's an interesting isn't it? point here. I think where she she's saying um, they they have this this story of Bodicea. Um, which yes. is a, a, like a, a legend around there. And then mm. um, Mark Gates' character said, well, she's just saying that because she's heard that story. And then she starts mm. saying, well, no, mm-hmm. if, I, if I if I was saying that story, I would have things like the the, the trumpets and the um, mm. and the chariots. Mm. Um, but that's not what I heard. I heard something mm. different. And on a road. So, yeah. The sound I, of things on a road. Road, on cops. Mm. And she said, but there's, no, there's never been a road in, in the in woods. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it already it spooks the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> and her name is Tetsy, which yeah. is quite a weird name. Another name quite, annoyed me. There's weird names, isn't it? Why can't she just be called something like Fiona, Philomena? Or, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was going to say like Beryl. Tetsy and Lukey. Yeah. What yeah. are we going to say, Beryl? Beryl. Yeah. Beryl. Reed. <laughs> Beryl. <laughs> Not enough Beryls in the in the world mm. anymore. No. Um, so th- we we have this um, idea planted that it's. On the 27th of October every year, um, that she hears a humming, buzzing noise. Um, so Jethro takes down this kind of um, testimony that she's um, she's questioned. Um, she she describes, like Ross has said, um, a great cobbled road. Um, and then there's this kind of um, idea is put forward then that Jethro is very civilized and he, he can identify equipment. Um, and this is where where I've started writing about cyberdyne systems, <laughs> where they they then come into this idea that um, that kind of hand in hand with the idea of emancipation and slavery, like we've already said, that that the, the kind of the emancipation of the slaves is more to do with the fact that they're replaced by um, machines rather than any kind of altruistic 
uh, idea, and I mm-hmm. think that's really interesting. But obviously, uh, as we know, as science fiction fans, that that only leads to uh, Cyberdyne Systems Model One Hundred One or something, yeah. whatever it's called. Um, and I think that's where you start to see the very clever kind of mix of folk horror mm. and kind of um, socio-historical stuff, which Nigel Neal, you know, really invented the the the. Um, and he started to foreshadow the, what's happening as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's the it's where he mixes sci-fi with horror, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think that he's the first person to really think of doing stuff like that. And that's the that's the twist in this is so imaginative, James. At what point did you need to tell us? At what point you you worked out what was you happen? guessed? Ah, um, was it at this point? No, no. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because it does keep you thinking, doesn't it? Mm. Like they introduce thermometers and all this stuff to do with like yeah. all the stuff that we know that are the tropes of hauntings. And mm. at this point, it's all it's it's there that it's meant to be to do with the future. But the way they're talking oh. is still all to do with like it's been ghosts from the past. And obviously, there's no there's no reason why ghosts are only ever from the past. They sometimes. Should mm. be from the future, shouldn't they? But there's um, an interesting bit when he's got like a cat's head. Um, yes. Because he wants to use the whiskers cat's in order to yes. um, pick up some kind Detect of vibes. The yeah. vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what, what I thought was having watched the stone tape, my thought was oh, well, everything's going to end up quite dark. And I just thought something will happen to Cobb. Something inside like Cobb will go that classic thing of oh I was so naive, mm. but then it turned out it was yeah. me that was naive for not seeing mm. quite how ambitious and how clever the ending was. Yes. And the other thing that I really love before we get onto the twist in that is the fact that he says all the way through, you know, kind of all science seems to be witchcraft until it's understood, mm-hmm. and that's always a really rich theme and an idea. I thought, mm. Oh, that's really good. And yeah. all the way through, as he keeps on talking about the future, keeps on saying that in the future it will be like this. And, yeah. you know, one day we'll move forward and things will be better. And once mm. again, that enlightenment dream of, well, you know, we're, we're, we're on an upwards, upward arc. Things can yeah. be better. But as you said, yeah. the, but then the, the fantastic ele- element of the fact that even though with enlightenment era thinkers, there was this dream of, yes, let's make everything better. There's also this dark side to it of like, okay, well, we're going to impose our will as, as, as Cobb has done on, on Jethro. You know, I've I've decided that this is what's good for us, and then when you think about what happens at the end, that's what I think Nigel Neal was saying was, well, look, you know, our folly of believing technology is the best, mm. you know, it, this also will come at a price, yes, and this will doom us too. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I remember. I think it was uh, as I was reading or listening to something about War of the Worlds, mm. and they mm. was, and I may have said this in one of our past episodes, but they were saying that. Did you say, did James say at the start how many we've done now? 27. 27. No, but did, was that mentioned at the start? Because I didn't react yes, with you, my usual. No, he did say it, yeah. <laughs> Good maybe, Lord. Maybe just pass out. From- <laughs> <laughs> Edit it in. Oh, 27. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what was I going to say? They were saying that in the past, like sort mm. of Victorian times, and um, that of science fiction was all about the far future and how much better things are going to be in the future. And mm. they're saying that as we, the closer we get to now, the, 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 the we don't look very far into the future anymore. We, we don't yeah. have this um, 
uh, we don't have this visionary of like what that you know of like some amazing exciting things that can happen in the future. We kind of look to like what's going to happen next year. And well, yeah, because everyone's so fucking knackered. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we, we've got we've 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 lost that kind of. I think because we've got all these technological marvels around us. Yeah, we, we can't imagine anything crazier or bigger than what we got now. And yeah, and also I think that. Everything is just so boring with technology now. It's well, just like- I think a lot of that is to do with politics, and there's no politics of optimism anymore. Mm. Politics these days is just all about like fear of mm. fear of someone taking your job, fear of people coming from another country, yeah. fear of like literally like fear of fucking everything. So you just lose that imaginative. Like if you think of the late nineties when when Labour came in. And the optimism then was just like, thank fuck we've got rid of the Tories. And now and mm. now we've been stuck with the Tories again for another fucking 12 years. Mm. And it's like, you just, you can't, you can't imagine getting rid of them now, can you? And I think that's to do with, and I think that's the same in America. I think because of how Trump and a lot of, you know, the right wing stuff in America is like, that kind of um, optimism now is just like, I you, think also- everyone just feels knackered. I th- I think that from the industrial revolution, lots of big things happened, and that people mm. saw big changes happening, and mm. they got big leap forwards, and things were starting to get better. And so mm. I think they were extrapolating. Oh well, we're just going to keep making big, bigger and bigger, bigger leaps, and things will get better and better mm. and better. Whereas we've mm. got like smaller things, and things are getting worse. And it's mm. like, well, yeah, it's very very mm. uh, negative viewing now, isn't it? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I've forgotten yeah. how we got onto this. Um, but anyway, so- yeah, I said back onto it. Back, back onto the plot. <laughs> yes. My, my, something that made me laugh was the fact that they brought Roman costumes along. Yes. Which made me think of ghost adventures when they go to, say, the OK Corral and they take guns and cowboy hats. And then they're like, come on, ghosts. Like, <laughs> does this remind you of the old days? <laughs> and it's like... I would like to see part of the episode um, done with them dressed as Roman centurions, like walking up and down, trying to get the... But that's the, yeah, the spirit really travelled in time, isn't it? He just sat in a room and got yeah. rid of any yeah. object that looked like uh, from modern times and just yeah, imagined himself hearts. in the past, didn't he? Yeah. That, yeah. That... What film is that? What's it called? I can't remember. Oh. Oh. Is it Jane Seymour or someone like that in it? It's yeah, like a romantic so. film, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hang on. I can remember watching that and thinking, okay, I'm going to lay in bed and just try and push yeah. myself into I, the past. I, I did the same and it's it's bollocks. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so bollocks that it's not even like... Who knew that the link between human consciousness and temporality is <laughs> not malleable? It's just called no. Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time. Is it really? And who's in it, James? Um, you are quite right. It is Jane Seymour and Christopher Plummer. Well, I thought it was Christopher mm. Plummer. And Christopher Reed. Okay, Christopher right. Reed is the better yeah, 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 yeah. Georg van yeah. Trapp. Um, what? Yeah. Georg von Trapp. <laughs> I thought you said gay old man trap. <laughs> that was an so, other name for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, That's in um, um, Jago's yes. every uh, yeah every, first first Sunday of every month. <laughs> gay old man trap. <laughs> um, I, I did put down the only one thing of like. My mild amusement, oh, there were two bits of mild amusement for me, is I'll just put is that there's much twazzing 
yes. afoot. Yes, it was sir. a twas. Yes, yeah. yes twas, sir. Yeah. Yonder. Yes, there's yeah. much twasing over yeah. yonder. Yeah. Um, but, but one of the things... Uh, uh, aspect I liked of when they, they got all the costumes and the instruments is that when it started kicking off the instruments start playing themselves and yes. I didn't first mm. time I listened to this through recently I didn't get that um, what that noise yeah. was and then they said yeah mm. the instruments are starting to like vibrate and stuff mm. well that's yeah. pretty cool um, I liked the part when um, Mark Gatiss's character basically tries to crack on to the the wife of he the does. And it's, it, there's an awful lot fit into 45 minutes, isn't there? But it does show that it's, it's a player. kind of... Yeah. Um, it was a little bit confusing uh, whether they were on their own or the, yes, the husband was just standing. in front of people. Yeah, doing yeah, in yeah, front yeah, of people, yeah. yeah. I think he's kind of... He's not non-moral. He's just kind of... One of those dirty philosophers, isn't he, James? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he's just kind of like... I think he thinks he's above morals, doesn't yeah. he? So mm-hmm. it's kind he of is, like... Yeah. I'm doing you a favor by uh, taking away from your boring husband kind yeah. of thing, and mm. you know there's no there's no malice in it. It's just going to enrich but, your life. But doesn't he say something um, about morality and just saying um, a lot of the things we figure are moral just hurt? They actually hurt us. That's why morals are there to stop it from doing. It. There's, there's yeah, no such I, thing as morals. It's just a case of like stop it. Like he talks about. Um, again, it's, it's it's very it's, similar to David Hume's view again, and that was in the 1700s. So again, hats off to Nigel Neal. Historically, on the money, that is the mm. view that people had during that time. Yeah, because he's talked about getting. Well, into we studied all of this in university, didn't we, Cleves? Yeah, um, <laughs> I can't remember much of it at all, but I gave him my. I literally, I the stuff I can remember, I could literally write on the side of one postage stamp. But do you often look? And look that would be things? the the words Block and Barkley, and I don't even know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> But part of me thinks I wish I could go back and just yeah. do it because it would be quite easy. And and now, like having like, um, having an adult's mind, no, in as much as yeah, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The no. fact that it was nine o'clock on a Friday morning didn't help me. Yeah. Um, I, sh- I should point out to the listeners that um, Ross and I did the same university course, which is called Art and Aesthetics, which was sixty percent art and forty percent theory. Um, which is how, which is what directly led to me getting a two-one rather than a, a first, uh, because I got I was marked down for my theory, not for my practical. So I got a first for my practical. Okay, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's is the rain winner here? Yeah. yeah, it's thunder and lightning. I, no way. My I table knew the rain was now. shook with uh, thunder just since. So I don't know if anyone. What's knows. happening in the garage, James? Nothing. No thunder. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it thunder and lightning um, in the east, or is it? The east. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Ooh. Literally. Nothing. I like the sound effect of the blinds going up. Yeah. Um. This is. I. I'm scared of thunder and lightning now. So. Um. I. I've become uh, as an adult. So I don't know what it what? is. So, um. What's wrong with you? If I get a little bit. Nervous, no, do you mean you don't know what it is? No, I, I was never scared of it until. I don't know, the last 10 years or so. And, um, oh, you mean you don't know why you're scared? Not, yeah. You don't know what lightning is? No, I do know what lightning is, yeah. <laughs> so they do, they do, they do discuss... I don't like- know what it is, I'm scared of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> been living in Dorchester too long, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The big noise in the sky, like drums. Noise. And then it was like the sun shone for a second. For <laughs> a second. <laughs> um, oh, my devil's worries. Down. <laughs> so... 
<laughs> if you can hear the rain. Why am I super worried? <laughs> <laughs> um, where were we? So we get to the kind of reveal of the road now mm-hmm. and the idea of this road. And I've, and I've written down how unnatural the thought of that is in this wood. Yeah. That they're in like this total countryside kind of bucolic thing. Yeah. And then it's just this mm. idea of this massive road. With things and how moving modern, on it. really. Yeah, yeah. How modern that idea is really that you, you know, a motorway now is, is even if you think of in my nan's lifetime, like a tarmac to road mm. was, mm. Uh, it's just a totally alien concept. You know, she started off with, with, um, cobbled streets and stuff, I would have thought in Castleford, 1910, she was born. So to see that, you know, to, to have that as an idea, like trans, transported back into um, the 1760s when all, when roads would have just been mudded, uh, Single you know, track. muddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, only um, streets in towns would have been cobbled. Any Anything mm. outside of towns would just be mud. So road, my, my, my understanding... Tracks, you know, is what's yeah. happened is only uh, Mark Gatiss's character and the the uh, the daughter the Landis daughter can actually see the road. Other people yes. are experiencing sound phenomena. The sound things, yeah, yeah. So which they- is a bit like um, so he's he, he's a, he's kind of enlarging on ideas here from the last Quatermass serial, which is Quatermass in the pit, where some humans are descended from Martians and are kind of genetically. Um, there was quite the, there was another one after. The- Quatermass with the stone circles. That was the last one. Oh, right. The I expensive. Don't, I don't class that one. Right. The expensive one. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the last BBC one now. So okay. Quatermass and the Pit, mm-hmm. it talks about like genetic, like years ahead of its time, talks about like humans that are just human and then humans that are genetically modified by the Martians. Mm-hmm. So you've got this difference between the, the humans that can kind of see stuff telepathically and then you've got the ones that are just kind of the grunts really mm. that can't kind of is it hailstones no it's now? just raining really heavily wow that's mental so i and i again i find that a really interesting idea that you know that some people have this capacity and it's like why do some people have the capacity to see this stuff and other people don't have the capacity mm. to see that stuff mm. um and this is where it all starts to just go terrifying now, yes. isn't it? Which so is you where start, you start hearing like the reveal car radios, um, and yeah. yes, people shouting and screaming. I'm afraid now. You know that. Yes. And you want to watch it? Of course you do. Cat and mouse. Your instruments in the clearing, come quickly! Is that you, Spire? Hi, Luke. Stay there. We need you as high in the tree as possible. These instruments, they're reacting. Atmospheric disturbance must be vibrating the tuning forks. What is it? It's how it began before. Help me with some of these readings. That box, quick, is definitely registering an electrical charge. Squire! Squire! Stay where you are, Lukey, but don't touch the metal. Sam, Sam, come back. My spooks, sir. Back to your postman. Jethro! (laughs) 
it's, it's real. It's real. Stand your ground, man. Not me, Squire. I ain't staying here to die. Come back. Mr. Cobb, say what this is. I know you can. You must. Go. Do you see anything? No, not now. Not I. I... I don't understand. I, I think... I think... Quickly, sir! Get out of here! I mustn't! Oh, God save you, Squire! Okay! Hear the road now. Hear them running there. Take my tunic. Master, you must come. Listen. It's machines. Please. Machines, Jethro. Great machines. This can be nothing of the past. Master! I must hear. Leave me. Can you take it quickly? What's happening? We just need to leave the car for a little bit. Don't worry. Just do your talk. God Almighty. I can see them. Oh, master. Leave Flee. Fighting for their lives. Trampling each other underfoot. Imprinting their terror in the earth beneath us. Machines. We can't conceive. Machines to carry man. Shining metal. Stay safe and try not to. You can see the master. I can smell the fumes. Carriages, not like Bodiceas forged by iron. Obedient machines. Obedient. Fragments of that. They said, what was it? Missiles. Merciful God. I see them all. All. I do too. The girl, the little girl. You get the idea, uh, lightning, uh, the idea that um, the, the road is jammed because people are trying to get away from mm. something. Sissies. And it looks yeah. like there's a, a nuclear war is about to happen. Well, you hear yes. on the radio, you, yeah. you hear on the radio that peace talks, you know, that talks have broken down and that there is going to be an exchange of, mm. yeah. or a, an exchange of, of, of missiles is inevitable or is imminent. Yeah. 
of yeah. things such as that. And so I've just written down under like great, great twist. As I was like, yes. now I get it. Yeah. They're, they're not seeing ghosts from the past. They are seeing the future. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And, and I think he didn't get it until that point. That's where you got it, was it, James? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good. I think for our generation, this is the biggest fear, isn't it? If it you is. grew up in the 80s, you saw those public information films, you saw threads, mm-hmm. like even Suede had things about lyrics about like nuclear yeah. dawns and stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh. just everything was about nuclear holocaust in the 80s. So many kids' novels were like Children of the Dust. Yeah. And, um, uh, what was, there was another one that was like a children's film foundation one where it was set in the future and it was just these kids who were like, they were in the future and it implied that the nuclear holocaust had happened. Yeah. And, and I it think was this, the, um, Prince of Waiting books as well. Was, oh, that a, was that a nuclear poster or was it something to do with, um, volcanoes? I can't remember, but <laughs> well, yeah, nuclear, um, it, it had to do with, with nuclear weapons rosters yeah. and volcanoes. Yeah. Oh, it's but, just, you know, the, the, um, the nuclear weapons had caused a volcano to erupt. Oh, okay. And they, but that's that's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. And I th- I think for me, what I mean, you hear someone say, um, um, "It's a special cloud." So you hear a little girl say, "What's that, mummy?" And yeah. then mummy says, "It's a special cloud." So that's the mushroom cloud. And I think the mushroom cloud for us was like. Mm. It was That's this emblem it. that was on everything, oh, wasn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. Domain, yeah. you know, James Herbert and pretty just, much everything in 2008 was all, uh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. 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 And, and I think for this, that this, but this really just weirdly, because it's not set in the, um, the nuclear holocaust, but what it shows is the kind of inescapable fact of. Yeah. This future. Mm. Yeah. And that's what yeah. really scares me with this is that the characters, they're safe. They're going to live for another however many years. years. Yeah. Mm. And then there's more people and more people and more people. But at some point in the future, the dead full stop is that there's going to be a nuclear war. And yeah. that is the horror that, that, it's that, terrifying. that the cop says. It's <laughs> like, you yeah. can't escape it. And yeah. that, you know, his, his belief, ah, yes, don't worry, rationality in the machines. Yeah. But then his realisation that that is what rationality in the machines will bring to yeah. you mm. yeah. is utter destruction. It's brilliant. Yeah, mm. it's terrifying. Absolutely amazing. And then it's, um, yeah, yeah, the girl, Tetsy, dies because she's, like, just overcome uh, by a heart burst. A heart burst, oh, yeah. Burst. And it's just, it is the most terrifying ending to anything. Oh, I, I can imagine, well, really, because it's just, like, you're fucked. Mm. As, and as, <laughs> as story-wise, as tight as a drum, as we said. Yes. We, 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 could, we could, I think we could probably, have, uh, we're, uh, we're aware that this is a two-parter, this episode, mm. but I think we could have talked about this for another hour. Yeah, yeah probably. what we got out of it. Just yeah. so much good stuff. Just quickly, what I want to say is that the thing that I really appreciated about it, and I mm. really love this in life anyway, is when you come across a, like a story trope or a story mechanism, that's, mm. you, know, you watch something and you go, oh, that's a brilliant twist. That's really great. Yeah. And then you, you carry on in life and then you encounter its origin the yeah, first yeah, time yeah, that yeah, it was yeah, used. Yeah. And as I listened to this, I thought, oh, well, I know that this is a modern redo. So when was this originally written? I'm finding mm. out that this was written back in the 60s. I was like, yeah. wow. I know. So he, Nigel Neal came up with this first. Mm. He's is, the originator of this idea. You can't wrote, really work out how clever his writing and imaginative yeah. brain was. Because there was that the, the series, which was really kind of 
not enough people watched it, uh, which was The Living in the Dead, the BBC series. Oh, I loved had, that, James. Which was amazing. Yeah, Ross, yeah, you must yeah, have yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he, the, the main protagonist in it was, on. Was, was the guy who was Merlin. Merlin. In the, and you know, it, like, young he had Merlin. a really yeah. attractive red-headed wife in it. Wow. And it was all set during sort of like the start of the Industrial Revolution. Oh, but it's, it was it's like, on Britbox. I might watch it. it was, and it's, yeah. it was two stories at once. But again, once again, what we're talking about here is that he keeps seeing someone mm-hmm. in his house and you're like, ooh, ooh, what is it? What is it? And of course, it turns out it's his great-great-granddaughter today. Mm, yeah. mm. And she's walking around with an iPad. So it's in brilliant. the middle of the darkness, it's that spooky light. And it's like, Oh, and you realise, yeah. oh my God, if you were back and had never seen anything like that, that would look yeah. eerie and spooky. Yeah, well, some people so yeah. that's what UFOs are, are actually well, just yeah, yeah, our yeah. future. Yeah. So, you know, and at the time you go, oh, that's, that's such a brilliant idea. Yeah, bravo. Yeah. And then hearing that today, I was like, oh, but this is the original version. I can't it. believe is... that they didn't bring that back for second se- season. I can't They either. set up a second season and then they didn't do it. Yeah. And we watched it at the same time as the first series of, Stranger Things, and I thought it was about a million times better. Correct, than Stranger agreed. Things. agreed. It was so well done. It was beautifully shot. Everything worked. Yeah, it just it was really good, and they buried it. Um, summer twenty sixteen, nine o'clock on a Wednesday night, and it was just mm. like totally the wrong schedule for it. It was mm. idiotic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a BBC. Yeah, BBC One. Yeah, yeah they just. I think they often make amazing stuff just don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
So yes, the road. All right. So what do we think of the road? Mark's that magnificent. Five. James. Yeah. Five. 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 I, I, I would. <laughs> the first thing, or, or the the first thing that I would really say to people, and I will be saying to people, oh my god, have you heard this? Have you ever heard this? You've got mm. to listen to this thing. It's mm. brilliant. I said mm. I can find no fault with it in the cast. You can. Is there anything wrong with it? I said, no. no. So I can't. Oh, no. I can't not give it a five. There, there isn't. There just isn't any real fault with it. It would have been um, interesting to see the TV um, version. Oh, there. yeah. I, I I'd be very, very interested to see what that was like. Bearing in mind, what year was it? 63? Mm. I, I, I don't know what there's, that would have looked like. There's some pictures. Because I know what early Doctor Who... Oh, is there really? I, I think there's a couple of pictures of... Hang on, let, let, let me have a Well, I said this the other day tonight, but it was a fan remake of it. So uh, um, yeah. I'm quite interested to see what this fan remake looks like, please. Doesn't look is great. that... <laughs> but it looks like I think they tried to film it like 1960s yes. it's really low res black and white so yeah 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 that's interesting but John oh, no, I, think, I think you need to re- you need to make this with John this could be your first yeah. oh I'd I, I'd absolutely love to expand upon this because yeah. there's you could make this into a brilliant 90 minute film couldn't you yeah. where what uh, but it's just you can't escape the ending and that's that's the mad thing about this mm. it's a bit like Terminator or so do you um, think the 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 um the skeleton is a red herring or do you think that totally I yeah. yeah I think it is I don't know what the what what purpose the skeleton serves mm. other than to just kind of make you think yeah because he does something. say Mark Gator said it could be just anyone and yeah. Yeah. yeah it's Thank it's you. it's you know it's a, it's a, the what they want what he wants you to think at the start is this is a, a uh, ghost, past ghost, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Rather than a future ghost. Um, I'd love to know if anyone before this. I mean, I'm sure someone before this did future ghosts, mm. but I don't know if they, if anyone did it in just this absolutely like. Smashes it. The article that I read did say this was the first thing that did it. Yeah. Now again, yeah. the provenance of the journalist, how well did he research mm. it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I was just taking that at face value. But- do, yeah. do some of the people from the future see them in it? Because I got the impression that they did. Um, um, I don't know. That would that would be really nice to if yeah. you were to make this as a film. That kind of aspect of it would be really interesting yeah. to see. Mm. Um, and I think you could weave something into sort of the fact that it was a nuclear bomb that went off. Yeah, mm. did something to time, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that we 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 tried to keep that short. We actually did an hour on it. So <laughs> there we are. Yeah, but I that, think that's a. Is that officially our most popular thing, though? Regardless of me giving things like eleven and stuff. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. I think so. I Brilliant. think we should. Yeah, I think we should pass that as a motion that that yeah. is our most. Favorite, That's our favourite thing, yeah. Okay, and, right. and thank and thank you for for recommending it, Job. Because yeah. you said I would have. You're welcome. Ignorant. Okay, well, we will. We can. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What's just happened? It was. Uh, it was a couple of frame prints of Wonder Woman. It just fell over. Oh, <gasps> Do you see the lightning then? No. All right. I'm going to go this before. This is weird because Ross is, Ross is 30 miles away from me. It's nothing down here. There's no rain. Oh, I can hear the thunder. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. I'm going to go because I might have scared children now, so I need to All right, okay. <laughs> Are they your own children? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, this chair. <laughs> All right. We will reconvene. All right, guys. Well, that part two. Yeah. Speak yeah. to you soon. Nice one, guys. Bye. Bye. See you.
Welcome back to part two of our Nigel Neal double bill. Beasts is a 1976 British television series. Written by Nigel Neal, it is an anthology of six self-contained episodes that feature the recurring theme of bestial horror. Oh. The series was made by ATV for the ITV network. We watched the most infamous of the series, episode four, entitled Baby, starring... <laughs> Simon Manimal McCorkingdale, <laughs> more on that later, as a newlywed whose wife, played by Midsummer Murders, Jane is that Weimark, what she's in, really? Good lord. Daughter of Patrick Weimark, who's seen <gasps> in The Witchfinder General, yeah. sees her pregnancy fall foul of oh. ancient witchcraft. Um, oh, Excellent. I had to watch four yeah. times to actually work out what was actually happening. Oh my happening. god. Ah! Fucking hell, please. Pretty straightforward. Christ. It's like, like, if there's, if there's oh. one linear narrative, <laughs> but in anything we've watched, it's this. It all happens in one room, yeah, virtually. Pretty much. Like, oh, the, oh, I want to say, well, we'll talk about it at the end, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably really obvious. But for me, it was like, oh, I know what's happening. But then there we go. So this is, yeah. uh, we've, we've reconvened. For, mm. for the listeners, this would be literally seconds. Seamless. Um, Will it really? And how long has it been in real time? Uh, over a month, probably. Wow. Is it really? Yeah. Be. Um, that makes it, that's a bit like, um, what's the film where they go onto that spaceship and the guy's been there for like 10 years Interstellar. waiting for them? Yeah. This is like Interstellar. Oh, isn't yeah. that awful? I felt awful yeah. for that man. He'd been there waiting for them for like 12 years or something. And it was the fact that his old man makeup was so bad. <laughs> was he in a dressing gown? I feel like he's in a dressing gown. Have I made that up? Brilliant. I like the robots in that. Yeah. Can't. They're like, like blocky robots. And they sort of I don't know if I can remember robots. Saw a really good film the other night. Um, just yeah. a uh, spin-off of Interstellar called um, Stowaway. Have you seen Stowaway? No. Um, so is it about a stowaway? It's a it's about a a, a mission to Mars. Oh. Um, and they 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 take off, and it's a, a well, it's a spaceship which they they're basically being slingshotted off towards Mars. Yeah. It's a two year mission. Um, they can't. Clean has had another tattoo. Yeah, I have. You just noticed that. Oh. Um, <laughs> what is it? Oh. A, fer- a, a ferret. It's the Black Rabbit of Death from Watership Down. Christ. <laughs> Cheering. Not yeah. a ferret. Not a ferret, no. Or, <laughs> yeah. Looks, yeah. It's oh, okay. Um, yeah. So basically, and then someone has got trapped on the ship and then they realise that they've only got enough oxygen and supplies yeah. for the three people who are on there. So what do they do about having four people on the ship and they can't do Oh. That? Who's really in good. it, Cleves? Um... Uh, some famous people. The woman who did uh, the voice of one of the trolls, Anna Kendrick, is that her name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the wo- woman who played the mum in... Uh, in My uh, family. <laughs> the woman who played the mum in... Uh, the Good Life. Hereditary. <laughs> All right, I've yeah. never seen it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what her name is. The Neural, guy from... Your, from your, no, 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 I am, baby. This is so professional. So anyway, you are here to listen to uh, Beast's Uh, Baby, dear audience. We're just having a tangential moment. Anna Kendrick, Daniel Day Kim, who played Jin in Lost, which is a... Ah, And uh, Tony Collette. Oh, really? Tony Collette is bloody Muriel from Muriel's Wedding. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah, it's very good. And it makes what feel... do they decide to do in the end? Um, I'm not telling you. You have to watch it. Oh, spoil it for our listeners. That rubbish. Um, yeah, but it, it made me very ill. And oh, like, oh. like uh, so anxious. And I said, if I saw this at the cinema, I would have thrown up. <laughs> okay, let's go back to beasts. Back to beasts. So it starts with a crane shot and the sound of dubbed crows. Yeah. Yes. Which I really yes. enjoy. So I've said always a favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, I dub crows onto any video that I make, basically. Um, so in, in order in, in time with um, stenciled letters. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. That was amazing. So it's a man up a ladder who's the painter and decorator. And we know he's the painter and decorator because he's got a beret on. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, he wears throughout the <laughs> program. He looks a bit like the painter, famous portrait painter, Augustus John, who also wore a hat like that, which I think is quite excellent. Um, and then the other man that's in it with him at this point, like a workman. The first Chelsea man. Yeah, he's very uh, familiar to me. And I think we've seen him in um, Dr. Fibes's. And he's Ooh. also in um, he's also in Doctor Who and the Silurians, which I think is the only Doctor Who story which features the the and the officially on screen. Oh, okay. Do- Doctor Ooh. Who and the Silurians is the actual title. It's not Doctor um, Who and the Auton. Oh no, that was Spearhead from Space, wasn't it? That's the it's hey. the story. It's the story after Spearhead from Space. Oh, okay, great. Right. <laughs> He's also, he's also in uh, Straw Dogs as well, apparently. That oh, is he? So, yeah, he's very, he's, his face is quite familiar to me. So they find a bird's nest, mm. and this is a bit... This is pa- uh, Pavlov's bird's nest, isn't it? Yeah. Is it pa- pa- Pavlov's, Pavlov's gun? Um, Chekhov. Yeah. Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Che- Chekhov's <laughs> dead, dogs. dead egg, basically. Pa- Pavlov's phaser. I, I find <laughs> it very hard to say Pavlov. Pavlov's... Well, don't say it because it's the wrong word. Just say it. So you don't need to say it. Chekhov. Pavlov's. Chekhov. Oh, is it Chekhov? Yeah. Is it really Chekhov, yeah, not Chekhov. Pavlov? Yeah. So I was thinking we of gone, Pavel Chekhov. I thought we've all gone insane. Right? I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. We don't know anything we're talking about. This is anymore. it not Pavlov? No, it's Chekhov. Pavlov's dog is the one where he sal- salivates. Oh, he yeah. rings the bell and you salivate <laughs> you the <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of Pavel Chekhov and his phaser. Yeah, there um, we go. Patni <laughs> Bey. Oh, no. We've got to get out of here now. Damn. What hurry. About, what, what about the Never mind board? it. Hurry. Hurry. Chekhov, what's the matter with you? So, yeah, it's Chekhov's, so it's Chekhov's nest. Yeah. So it's like, he finds a nest, there's, there's eggs in it, and then for some for some reason, the one guy is incredibly annoyed that well, the eggs are, 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 like, gone off, aren't they, yeah. or something. Filthy, um, stinking adult. <laughs> Point. <laughs> and then chucks them at the floor. So, which is a bit of a, yeah. a weird. Um, so I was. This is a couple, this is one of two points when I was thinking, how did they do this with continuity and stuff? So because I imagine it'd be quite hard to find wild bird eggs. Well, they must have made them. They somewhere. were. They were. Fair. You reckon they, they were fake? Because then they, yes. they break them and then they smash them for. Okay, all right. We'll come to my yeah. my second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. yeah. they're probably the ones in the. Um, Nest are probably just bloody Cadbury's eggs, aren't they? The ones you have at Easter. Oh, okay. Because um, of the, um, you know, the resolution they're filming at, no, no one can tell, can they? Yeah. And so you watch, they're probably watching it in black and white as well anyway, aren't yeah. they, at 1976? So this is also um, the first uh, instance of someone just 
get incredibly incensed, <laughs> really <laughs> shouting, angry, yeah, over fuck all. I yeah, was correct. astonished by the level of anger shown in this program. <laughs> um, so I can't remember if it was about this one that we discussed it, but I have got ideas about why people shouted a lot in 70s I TV. You, did you say because Stone was, tape. We, yeah. we, we yeah. Yes. Why, so, why, yeah, why, obviously why, so we so got... You know <laughs> 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 to, to your wife, your pregnant <laughs> wife. <laughs> so... I've been watching on Talking Pictures, there's a thing that's always on called Rooms, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. about different rooms in like rented accommodation. It's very similar to this and it's one set. It's different people coming in and out. It's it's very much like a vis- vision mixed um, play. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was reading a while ago um, about Sheila Delaney and uh, it's a biographer of Sheila Delaney and people that she was involved with in theatre up in Manchester in like the early 60s and it was this very it was all the kitchen sink school and all this kind of thing that was coming through and i think this is kind of like the tail end of all that kind of stuff Mm. happening in drama where emotions were all a bit more visible Mm -hmm. but (laughs) from 2022 eyes it was this is like shock Quite shocking, yeah. actually, isn't it? No one because talks to each other like this. The way that someone, the way that particularly McCorkindale addresses his wife, I, I feel like hitting him. Yeah. Like, as soon as he comes in, it's just like, mate, chill out. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so, and, and this guy, like, the reaction to the nest is like, crushes an egg, which I think in itself is quite a weird and sinister thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Then he chucks it on the floor and then he storms off. Yeah, and, and then does it go the slightly... Slow man up on the ladder. Yeah. Stuff. Just, just, yeah. So it's very odd. And then we have the big letters spelling out beasts flying in. And as Cleaver has said, they kind of um, dubbed over with a crow. Yeah. So as each letter comes in, it's like, rah, 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 which has got to be the best title music of anything ever, hasn't it? I, I'd actually forgotten that McCorkindale was in this. It's a very well, young and, and athletic-looking, uh, unmustachioed McCorkindale. Well, we must we, 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 we see the wife first. Him, we? I was about to see, see the, the wife, wife? Yeah. And my notes were: ask John about the car. Yeah, it's well, it, a mini, isn't it? It's a mini Clubman Estate. Yeah, because I've written that covered in shit. And uh, yeah, but uh, also, okay, what's the link between yeah. this and um, Stone Tape? Um, it's a um, woman oh. who can't drive at the start, or in a oh, in, in an Austin. Yeah, oh, well, I, thought she, I thought she was in a mini. Oh, no, no, she's my. in a maxi. She's in a maxi, and uh, she's yeah. in a maxi and can't get it in gear. Okay, on the stone tape, and that's because of the dreadful cable link gear change that early maxis had. Yeah, see, previous episodes were more, more, more <laughs> yeah. fascinating. Guy. Yeah, so she's yeah. Everyone <laughs> drives into this into this um like, like maniacs. Yeah, so fast, yeah. <laughs> every. Actually, that is true. Everyone drives into this episode, don't they? So, yeah, she drives in in a Mini. He comes in in a Land Rover. Um, She's got a cat in a basket, which has got the worst, like, person in the sound of a cat. So it's basically a dubbed person, isn't it? Yeah, which like is like... Ca- cats out of James, them. isn't it? Very well. Calm down, that's all right. And you can stay in there till you behave. I'm going to tell on you. Shh. 
All right, Mario, take it easy. Be quiet. Why they felt that they could Which... get some good cat sound effects from Eddie Charlie, Charlie says. Well, no, I was going to say they're very similar to the cat sound effects that we heard at the end of Ghostwatch. Yes. Oh, it's a similar sort of line, maybe. isn't it? So, yeah, mm. they, but I, I've written down that uh, the, the young married couple, I've just put pure Tories. <laughs> <laughs> they're just a couple of fucking Tories, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. As we well, know, America, wealth in London, some of his victims, they're, yes. just, they're, just, they're just a couple of absolute upper class tops. <laughs> well, they've they're, moved out the city. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. A lot of dramas in the 70s are about this kind of thing people leaving the city and starting a kind of country life. So I've written yeah. Sewing, Flouncy, and Laura Ashley World. Yep. Yes. Which is a very 70s theme of like people getting back to nature and. Taking up, making their own clothes and yeah. all this kind of yeah. rubbish. It kind yeah. of implied that he, he couldn't take the the, the life in the city. Yeah, so she's being from the vet, country. Yeah, being a vet in the city. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, he, was, he was worried about. Yes, he? so he's very angry about that, isn't he? Yeah. It was this place, you know, being here. He didn't like it. What old mudslinger? He was fine until I brought him inside. In that case, let's sell up. Oh, I simply No, said... no, no, scrub everything. Go back to town just to please the cat. Peter, listen. No, you listen to me. I have just had a pretty good day. About the best day I've had for a very long time. I've worked myself really hard and everything was all right. No, it was more than all right. It was marvellous. I've been meeting worthwhile people and helping them and it was needed and I was needed and then I come back to this stupid fuss. All right, I'm sorry. That's just what I've escaped from. Fuss. Constipated poodles, Scotties with overgrown toenails because they never went out, and hamsters and putting down sick old budgies. It wasn't all like that. Oh, yes, it was. Well, most of it. (laughs) So posh, so I've written posh people, and then she's on the phone to her father doing a very bad kind of, yes, father. Oh, yes. Yes, father. Not giving him any time to reply to anything she says. No, (laughs) And then basically another uh, element of um, Pavel Chekhov's, uh, it's Pavel Chekhov's telephone conversation this time because she says, "Yes, I'm sure it'll be all right this time," this, yeah, which is referring to her pregnancy. So this is what I didn't get the um the first couple of times I watched it that she lost, she'd lost a baby previously. Oh my God. Yeah, so essentially, this whole thing's the fear of losing a ba- her baby yes. again. So the I whole yes. subject of this is yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. it's all it's all it's it's like everything we've ever watched. I think is the trope basically of. Someone is having a lived experience and then people aren't believing that experience yeah. because it's weird, isn't mm, it? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's literally everything we've watched. How many episodes have we done? Did we say at the start? 27. 27. This is part 27 yeah. point part five. Is this 27B? Yeah. yeah. Wow, we've got our own B now. That's good, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Well, they're going to be released together. But if you are a Patreon, you would have heard the first part uh, okay. when we recorded it. So, yeah. so, so Those two people, Simon, basically. <laughs> <laughs> And us. Yeah, That's great news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so I, at this point, oh, she brings in a cat. Yes. So she brings in a cat in a weird wicker basket. You don't Freaks see out. the cat. The cat the has cat been freak- on, on the train on its own, it sounds like. It's been sent yes. in the... I think that used to happen because if you watch Hard Day's Night, they, there's a bit where they're in, where, where the bit where George Harrison <laughs> meets his future wife, Patty, Mm. They're in like the guards' carriage where there's bikes and there's pigeons in, uh, you know, like um, what do they call those pigeons that go away and come back again? Homing pigeons. Homing pigeons. pigeons. So there's all stuff like that. So I think 
and it's a, this is and, and another subtext of this is things you can't do on a train anymore, mm-hmm. and you can't deliver a cat on a train no, or send children. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I always used to see films about people sending their sending kids children, yeah, like on planes or tra- that's or, the start of um, thingy, isn't it, with Patrick Troughton. Um, Box of Delights. The Wall, the wall uh, Box of Delights, yes. yes. That's a kid on the train, yeah. isn't it, being sent yeah. somewhere? I, I, I was on a plane coming back from Dubai where someone had sent a child on the plane. And she, mm. was, she was watching Fast and the Furious. And I was thinking, I don't think you're old enough to watch that. But the... Um, oh, it's such a good, such a narc Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're old enough to watch that. How old were you when you watched Hell, bloody Hellraiser? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, Zoom of a man. Come up, turn into a wolf. Have you ever tried watching that as an adult? It makes no fucking sense. No, I'd really like to, though. Um, So the cat hates the house. The cat runs away. And we never see the cat again, do we? No, but the the man... Um, man In fact, we never see the cat. Do we we even see the cat? No. Briefly. No, she she jumps out of the cat. Yeah, she do. Yeah, she do, yeah. Um... So then at this point, I've written down, is it the same sound effects from the birds? Because the crow sound effects in this are very, very similar to the crow sound effects in the birds when the children run away from the I've never seen school. the birds as an adult. I need to watch it. Whoa. Um, my um, something horrific yeah. later on is that I've now read the story of the birds. Oh, okay. Ooh, definitely. definitely. So then... We're in a kitchen and the two old tossers, because <laughs> that's what they are, basically, are knocking a wall down. And the other one isn't doing any fucking work at all. Yeah. Lazy sod with his beret on. Um, yeah. I, I, he's probably cycling around the countryside with a string of onions around his neck and some baguettes later on. Yeah. Because um, that's what he looks like. But then, um, <laughs> then. They're knocking out a hole in the wall, and then they're like, "Oh, it's half past three now. It's time to go home." Decided off, Ma- madam. It's time to knock off, and it's like you lazy bastard. You haven't done anything all day. It's like crush a yeah. bird's nest. Yes, and then it's- is is this when Simon McCorkindale comes home and just starts shouting for no reason? Yeah, he said, "Well, right." <laughs> That, what I what I point out pent is up emotion from James. <laughs> no, 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 not so. But but here's what here's what I know. So is I put down that you know as you said he's he's young and very vibrant there, and I put yeah. he's got Lego he's got Lego hair. Yeah, his hair looks like, <laughs> like Lego. Right, and what I put is my immediate thought was is he the Noel Fitzpatrick of the uh, of the late seventies? <laughs> Noel Fitzpatrick, right. <laughs> Now, and that got me thinking, right, to say two things. Noel Fitzpatrick, for our non-UK viewers, I mean, is a man known as the Super Vet. And he has a TV show where he oh, I think Hell's obsessed with this guy, yes. He basically saves animals in distress and gives them, like, bionic legs and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah, mental. yeah. People love him. But then the two mad things of this is that, number one, he's doing a live tour. Right. It's like the Super Vet live. Wow. And it's like... What is he going to do? Operations live on stage, <laughs> yeah. like, like a faith healer. Is it bring me your cats? I'm going to heal right? Or, but I thought, or is it just going to be him giving you anecdotes about being a vet? Yeah, which I thought yeah. was very much. Would I nail the wheel to a tortoise? And I didn't know if you two knew this. So you know, I, I thought you, you would have known who he was. No. Interestingly enough, 
Yeah. He is the person that the song Toxic is written about. What the Fr- fuck? Britney Spears yeah. Toxic? Yes! <laughs> Why? Yes, right? Because that song, <laughs> brace yourselves, this song, that song was written by Kathy Dennis. The, <laughs> it was. The, you know, late 80s middling pop star Kathy Dennis, who became oh, a songwriter in the 90s. Fair, uh, outrageously attractive woman as well. There you are. Right? So she, so she became a songwriter. <laughs> And yeah. she was going out with Noel Fitzpatrick at the time. No and way. And Toxic about him, yes. So whenever I, you hear Toxic by Britney Spears, it's about the super vet, Noel Fitzpatrick. The age-old joke, though, uh, is also, does Patrick Fitz Noel? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what you find out when you see him live. <laughs> so, anyway, so in many ways, so like I said, so our uh, McCorkingdale, who, as, Ross, as we said in the outset, <laughs> is for us, for men of our age, he is yeah. an animal. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Even yeah. though I learned that like Manimal only really ran for one series, it seems it's like Mr. Ben, isn't it? Like there's only that, when that hand went like Mr. this. Ben. Yeah, that's right. Claw <laughs> turned into a jaguar. Yeah, yes, or whatever. Puma. Yeah, Incredible. speed of the puma. That's something else. I, I just get man- that's um brave star. <laughs> yeah. For me, Manimal and occupy- Auto Man. Sort of. Well, I was going to say it, it occupies the same mental space as. Street Hawk. Street Hawk, yeah. Street yeah. Hawk. Airwolf. Airwolf. You've got it. A-Team. <laughs> A-Team is a little bit earlier, maybe. Mm. Yeah, oh, because it was on earlier in the day. But A-Team like, doesn't, doesn't have the same, you know, got the Edge. same gimmick. Nice. You know? No. Well, yeah. Night Rider. Yeah. yeah. So like I think Night Rider would be the precursor, wouldn't it? And yeah. then like, yeah. the yeah. others are like... Yeah. Yeah. Simon McCorkindale is also the uh, nominal kind of pin-up hero of Quatermass 4. Yes. Which is, is also by Nigel Neal. Yeah. Which Very I think sad. he's got Ooh. which is I think he's got the tash in. Does he yes. he, he dies in that, doesn't he? No, he's all his or does fam- his whole family, his family die? In that? All his family die and all the way through us we could <laughs> you didn't actually see them die, they're gonna come back. They're gonna yeah, come and back. they don't do they they? don't know. Everyone else yeah. then everyone dies. <laughs> so it's like, oh. Yeah, it's an it's that's an amazingly miserable um, yeah. series. He doesn't we'll do it one day, but it's very long. Yeah, it's right. good. It's good. The space maybe we should, maybe we should try and do a live watch of it, but just drunk oh. or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll be up for that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Simon McCorkindale comes in, flies off the handle as I've written here for no good reason. What a knob! He's very odd. Yes, because he, he he's, just starts, he's, upset, he's upset about her worrying about the cat. cat. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. Christ's sake! Why are you so worried about the cat? Yes. Let's go back to London. Yes. Let's go back to London now. Let's, Let's move out. Well, he starts trying to make her drink booze, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a drink? Do you want a drink? You can have a drink. It's safe at this stage. Have a fucking drink. <laughs> You're six months pregnant. But then, drink. He, then he just goes into, I've had such a wonderful day. Oh, yeah. it's just going on about how much he loves dick. Uh, Oh, yeah. oh. He's, he's a real vet. He's going to take a real animal. We need to get whiskey. I love these canaries. I like these big animals. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was very strange. Yeah, so basically um, he's working with a, another vet called Dick, who he loves. Yes. And he, yes, just, he, he loves just, Dick. He just loves being yeah, in them. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got to say it. Uh, he, he, he does really love being around Dick, though, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dick does some right. mullage in this story. <laughs> so, what we so, then get 
is which yes. is the one bit of folk horror, isn't it? Is yes. that like that they decide that because our two peasanty older workmen have knocked off early, McCrawley yeah. decides he's going to carry on knocking down the wall that they need in order to get a freezer. Yeah. Like, in all part of this sort of frenzy of, of energy he's come pack, home with yeah. he just yeah. he's done a couple it's of lines bizarre. of coke he's got a polo neck on underneath his jacket and then he yeah. just he's starts- done a couple of lines of coke off, off, yeah. off, the, free, off, off the back of a Frisian cow <laughs> yeah. come on <laughs> this is the bit anything like this these days would be he's either on drugs or he's or he's bipolar and then <laughs> that would be the story wouldn't it the yeah. next scene would be him sat in a chair crying talking about like, his dead grandmother or something but the next day he's fucking depressed about the yeah. about dick like yeah. he loves dick yeah. one day he can't stand dick the next yeah. but yeah. Like, this is my We've other thing there. but um art department thing that they couldn't do that smashing that wall down in one take because that's proper plaster and bricks. Yeah, 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 yeah. looks legit. Yeah. Well, that's what I've said is that it it kind of happens in real time. Yeah. With vision mixing, and therefore it's really fucking slow. <laughs> yeah. You have to so he's trying to knock this wall down, and it's like it's actual real bricks. Yeah. And there's a, um, there's a couple of weird shots, right, to her point of view, which yes. you think maybe that's those are cuts. There might yeah. be cuts, but maybe. yeah, it's very strangely done. The bricks look very new and the dust looks very new. And and I was yeah. thinking, if a house was meant to be 400 years old, it wouldn't be bricked. It, yeah. it would be as, stone. As John knows, but, yes. when, when John's um, banister fell off, that it would all be <laughs> it would be coal dust, wouldn't it, John? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it works in the Valley Street. What is coal dust? But yeah, in so fact, they, they find a void. Tradition, they, they, find yeah, a they, void. they find something buried from long ago in within the building. And yeah. it's this, it's an urn, isn't it? And then little there's, little <laughs> there's one of the weirdest bits in it that they decide yeah. that they're going to open it up. And, yeah. and it's it's covered with wax or tallow. Yeah. It? It's a great sound effect because they're scraping that up. Yes, that's what I right? said. There's a, there's a kind of live dubbed sound effect, isn't there? Yes. Where it's like... Yeah. And when they open it, they go, oh, oh the smell is the smell. And I've, yeah. and I've written... Maybe do this outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe it's your new ha- you know, if it's something smells that bad, just get it outside straight away. Mm. That's my practical note for this. Don't film. then just pull just it out outside. and yeah. start prodding it. Um, prodding it. And the thing is, it wouldn't smell, would it? It's mummified. Mm. It's desiccated. It wouldn't smell of anything. <laughs> it's a smell of evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it smells of. So, yes, yes they, they pull this they, out and then um, it's they start weird, prodding it. And he's like, is it it's, a lamb? Is it a cat? Teeth. Is it a dog? Is it a monkey? Is it a... So, and, but then he says, it's not been born. Born. Yeah. Which I... He's a vet. So uh, at this point, I was trying to work out, are they, are they somehow trying to imply that this has somehow been born with an E on the end by a woman rather than an animal? And it's Ooh. some kind of chimera or like... I. They kind of joke. They could joke. It's two animals who should have have mated that, that made it. Or yeah, 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 yeah. But but I think he's kind of implying that it they should have known better. It, it was stillborn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it might, I thought the implication was that it was carried by a human rather than an animal because they can't work out what the animal is, can't mm. can they? But they it's say about it for them to make at that point. Yeah, you might be right, John. Um, well, because they talk about having a, a second set of teeth, yeah, and I don't yes. know if that's a human trait rather than other animals. Or I'm not, a, I'm not a mammal expert, yeah. but anyway, so it's a horrible looking. It's actually a very good prop, isn't it? I yeah. don't know if it was made. I don't know if it's something they bought from 
you know, the, the production team balked. Mm. But it looks very good. Um, then all I've got then is shouting about burning. So what happens next? She tries to burn it the next day. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Um, the, other, the, the, two, the two peasants have a look at it and <laughs> the, they go, oh, this ain't right. This ain't yeah. right. We need to get rid of this. I yeah, think so what I'm basically just says that uh, there would have gone. been wise people, wise men and wise people who would have like used yes. this to curse someone in, in that house. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and, um, you know, so in which case she freaks out and then goes to try and chuck it on the bonfire. At yeah. which point... At which point, McCorky Dale roars in again in his yeah. car, driving at a million miles an hour. <laughs> what are you doing, <laughs> Yeah, screaming That's in That's what I wrote down. Why did you do that? for about an Grabs it out of the fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, he declares, I wanted to show it to death. <laughs> <laughs> This is why this is why no character for the last thirty or forty years in British TV has been called Dick anymore. And uh, in answer to why did you do that? Why the answer is basically because a couple of peasants told me to do. Yeah, Yeah. I don't want a a decomposing chimera baby in my kitchen. It's fucking horrible. Get rid of it. Yeah, idiot. Um, Dick will love this. Yeah. So uh, then I've written weird conviviality, but I don't know which oh, part I was talking about. Right. Is this okay. is T.P. McKenna? Yes. T.P. McKenna in, in this is, is like telephoning his performance in, isn't he? It's like he's in another room or something. He is like, a, you know, the absolute caricature of a, of a jovial Irishman, isn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, come on! <laughs> <laughs> what have You're you found? It's, it's like yeah, a yeah, monkey. Yeah. Oh, oh, so, yeah. but 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 then stopping every so while to to belittle and patronise the woman who's, yeah, who yeah, shouts in his face. Yeah. This is yeah. like her her husband's boss, and she yeah, just yeah. like screams in his face. <laughs> Once again, I put down it's it's a very similar setup to the stone tape again, in which a willowy blonde woman yes. feels a bit like, as John says is going through some sort of psychological event, and yeah. everyone is just belittling. belittling yeah. well, her it's obvious by that, that um, later on. Um, the implication is that um, basically you're mad because you're a pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's, well, you're mad because you're a woman. You're doubly mad because you're pregnant. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you, don't you remember you did this last time? You know, mm-hmm. last time. And she was like, it was different last time. And it's like you're only pregnant, love. It's like you're not mad. Mm. Like, it, like the one who's mad is Simon McCorkindale in this because <laughs> he's obsessed with this mummified creature. Yeah, and all he does is shout all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he turns up, Tipe McKenna. And then I've written about um the land and the the idea that the land around this house is somehow wrong. Yes. But I can't remember who said that. Is it, did uh, he say they, that? They, or they, they're it... talking about the people who used to live there. Uh, who, who uh, yes, that's right. Tr- and tried no to breed our tried to breed Alsatians, but the Alsatians yeah. kept dying. Yeah. And then they was talk then they were talking about the land that all the um cows were uh, miscarrying as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And so then no she's she's getting answer. upset that it it might be something um, contagious. So that's where she starts screaming, yeah. screaming yes. at him. And she yeah. can no, don't be stupid because it's it's just you know unless you drank the milk, but there's no cows here yeah. anymore anymore. Yeah, you're yeah, probably yeah. not going to catch this. Um, yeah, yeah. So that there's there's like um, yeah, there's history on this place about things do not go to full term. 
Hmm. Yes, which which is a very Nigel Neal concept where hmm. there's something in the land, inherent in the land, hmm. that's this like hangover yeah. of... Yeah. Which is great. I absolutely love ideas like this, and I wish every TV show had that idea in it. <laughs> there's something in um, Albert Square that's buried evil. Yeah. There'd be something in Coronation Street that's buried evil. Um, Emmerdale Farm would be a great one. <laughs> Hollyoaks, yeah, buried evil. I think Hollyoaks have actually done that. Like, that's the, <laughs> have they really? It well, they've had people come me. back from the dead, haven't they? But didn't, they, they? Yeah. didn't they have some kind of thing in, in Coronation Street with a sinkhole opened up and people fell down into like... <laughs> <laughs> Like holes under the ground. I this don't is a dream that. you had. Ross. I don't remember. That. I mean, that would explain the um, the aeroplane crash in in Emmerdale, wouldn't it? That it's like, oh, yeah, they were drawn. The plane was drawn to this um, vortex of evil that's yeah. under the wool pack. Well, um, it'd be good if they realised like all this horrible shit happens in this one like place. Yes, and it's not like that everywhere else. And they realise it's because it's cursed, and they just have to do a, the last episode is a mass exorcism, and then it, life just goes across <laughs> lovely, and everyone just has a normal life. Well, that's like the end of Quatermass in the Pit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So, so anyway, so where oh, are that's we? Right. So, well, um, she apologises to. Yes. Um, the boss. He's and not that drunk says, yet at this point. Oh, oh, oh. oh he's don't not worry drunk about at all his... at this point. Oh, okay. I don't think, is he? No. Or at the end of the evening, he says, well, don't worry about it, my dear. You're beautifully in the club. Mm-hmm. Which I thought is something I, I've never heard. I've heard people say, oh, you know, you're in the club. If, you, if you're, But I've yeah. never heard anyone say, you're beautifully, beautifully in the club. In the club. Oh. Well, maybe if you can get to that level of patronisation, you could maybe yeah. say that one say I, I would yeah. just say that he's a creepy bastard in this yeah. yes um, he's in he's also in Straw Dogs and I think he yes. gets shot in Straw Dogs but he's also in Greatest Show in the Galaxy Sylvester McCoy era yeah. which is and a very good uh, that's, that's James's memory of, of Sylvester yeah, of being McCoy ter- <laughs> terrified terrified Adrian Mott in that yeah. Maybe we should watch. Maybe that's one oh, we, another no. who we should revisit. Yeah, because that's a good horror one with the clowns and stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Scared. I'd like to watch a McCoy, and that's got the bus conductor. Oh, we should yeah. do um, Curse of Phone Rick if we're going to do. Um, oh, maybe oh. we should do a, a few McCoy ones because mm-hmm. Phone Rick is absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, we um, could do the movie version of that. Oh yeah, do you remember that they edited that? Yeah, onto VHS. Well, okay. Do you want to do that next? Anyway. Maybe. Okay, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about <laughs> right. it at the end. Oh, oh, yeah. So anyway, so then, so, so, Keith McKenna goes, then she's having a cup of tea with the two workmen, isn't she? Sat at the table. Oh. Also, we should point out that basically, McCorkindale, rather than throwing away the chimera, whatever it is, oh, yes. decides to hide it in the nursery <laughs> yeah. of yeah. his unborn child, which I thought was a weird... <laughs> in the weird lockable pivot. cupboard, which everyone has to have a lockable cupboard lockable in their cupboard. nursery. Yes. yes. So, the, so this is where, for me... I, sorry, yes, I, I can see I've made this no-no. Puts it in a new baby room with three exclamation marks. Yeah. That is the stupidest Mad. idea in the history. It is mental. But I think it lets down the play as well, because it's just like, why would you... You'd put it in the coal house or something, wouldn't you? You yeah. wouldn't oh, yeah. put it in your new baby's room that isn't born yet. Yeah. And it and it's a bit too obvious, I think. No, it's so, worth um, pointing out, when, when we pres- see the, ex- the ex- external shot, that yeah. place is massive. There's yeah. so it is a many big places he could have put yes. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got loads of... Tr- oh, I'm struggling to think where I'm going to put this. Well, you know where I'll put no. it. I'll put it next to the new baby's cot <laughs> in a lockable cupboard. Yeah. So just what you said about Prince of the Cot, I thought I'd seen this before. 
from the yeah. descriptions of it. Okay. But the yeah. thing I seen was completely different. The thing I saw Ooh. was it was like someone in a house and you kept seeing these red glowing eyes like in like the shed or looking out and then they went out there and they found glass jars with like mummified remains oh, inside that it. That sounds good. Does that any bring back any bells to anyone? No. No. Okay. Any any of our listener, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah. could you get in touch? Because I thought that's what this was going to be, but it's not. Anyway. When you mention the red glowing eyes, that, that reminds me of stone tape so, when you see. Yeah. 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 See, um, just you saying that creeped me out. So that just, again, shows why stone tape is, is out up in the top three of our yes, all-time best. For our all-time best, uh, best ever. Mm. Um, so then she sits at the table, talks to the two local yokels, there's a bit where she shouts, no, in one of their faces really loud. Um, it's just, I every, feel everyone that, is on the verge of a breakdown. Have you seen any of the other beasts yet? Oh, I've seen them all. Yeah, about yeah, that at yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah. I've yes. seen the Pauline Quirk just, one. Yeah. The description of them are insane. Yeah, the Pauline yeah, Quirk There's lots all. of people screaming in Pauline Quirk's face. I've got right. the DVD. Um, yeah. And I, I submitted friends to it. And it, we were trying to work out tonight. I think it was about 2008 that James had to watch it mm-hmm. with his then girlfriend. And I thought, that must have been a fun night in our house for, for <laughs> me to make them watch Nigel Neal teleplays from 1976. Six hours of them. Yeah. <laughs> this one's good. It's about Pauline Quirk being chased by a poltergeist. Yeah, a poltergeist <laughs> in a supermarket. Called, what's, what's it it's- called? Oh, this, buddy, buddy, buddy or something like this, that. Yeah, this yeah. one's about Robert Powell turning into a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> I read the description. I was like, it turns into a dolphin. Yeah, I want to watch um, that one. There's a good one. I'm trying to. Th- what are the other ones, James? Oh, the, I, I just had a look. Went, you know, in in my mind research for it. Yes. Um, I, hang on. Hang on. So Pauline works yeah. in a supermarket and things fly off the shelves and stuff. That's very weird. Yeah. Some good practical effects in that one. It's it's much more like a a, a feature length um, tales of the goes expected, off for though, fucking isn't ages. It? It goes yeah, yeah, it's long. too long. Okay, too long. here here are your episodes, and for everyone yeah. for every, everyone else's uh, delectation. Right, okay. Episode uh, number one, special offer. Pauline Quirk stars yeah. as a shop assistant whose unrequited love for her manager prompts a paranormal revenge. Oh yes. Yeah. Episode two, during Barty's party. Starring yeah. Anthony Bates, a middle-class couple's life becomes overturned by rats. Yeah. That one's terrifying. You never see the it's, rats, do you? You don't see the rats. Oh, but my it's, God. It's, 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 it's the general witchfinder's rats link. Yeah, yeah. well, if previous um, listeners remember my story about having nightmares about rats invading the, the football grounds in Italia 90, mm. <laughs> yeah. then... Uh, <laughs> this is where it came from. That that is a sentence I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the kind of thing that that still gives me the willies now. And then this is the one, episode three, Buddy Boy, featuring Martin Shaw of the Professionals fame, no less, <laughs> and a disused aquarium haunted by the spirit oh. of a dolphin. Oh, maybe I do remember that one now. And I'm then I've to got to rewatch this. I've then got confused. I, I did. He's not turning into a dolphin. I'm sorry, listener. Right, but what we instead what it says is uh, that after baby there was what big eyes, and this yeah. features Michael Kitchen as an RSPCA inspector investigating a man, Patrick McGee, who is yeah. trying to turn himself into a wolf. Whoa! I don't know if I remember that at all. Can you imagine? Have we gone television? 
now? Have no, any of this not even no. remote. No. The, the only thing that's anything remotely like this now is inside number nine. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. Genre writing isn't on TV anymore, is it really? No. Um, and then the last one was The Dummy, which yeah. shows the psychological effects on an actor, Bernard Horsfall, who yeah. regularly plays a monster in horror films. That's a very good one. And Bernard Horsfall is also in um, TV's Doctor Who, um, The Deadly Assassin, which wow. is one of Tom Baker's greatest stories, uh, uh, much loved by Mary Whitehouse for the drowning sequence at the end of episode. Oh, so basically, at the end of this conversation, she gets a, a bit of uppity, again, like mm-hmm. everyone in this teleplay, mm-hmm. goes to look for the cat, goes to a um, Word. pool, yeah. sees... What she thinks is the cat, and is it a bit of wood or I something? Got, it's something dead. It's, it's, it's yeah, yeah. You can't figure out what it is. It's, it's something dead, cat. but it's not the cat. But then the really creepy bit is this kind of Im- horrible, imposing shadow no. that falls over the scene, and the really horrible sound effects, which are like, bah, bah, bah. and I totally forgotten this, and it really gave me the willies today. Wow. I couldn't work out. Is she seeing something at that point? Who's I can. What does she I see? Don't is it know just a shadow what, or does we, she we, see the thing? It's just the It's shadow, implied, isn't it? Mm. You, you can't really... Yeah, but it's really effective. Fe- and I was surprised how effective it was. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Then, but that's the ad break. Considering ad break, yeah. so much of it is very theatrical and a bit like a vision-mixed mm. play, yeah. that part really is suddenly... it's like. Because the first part in 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 terms of this was on commercial television and the, there's an ad break stop. Mm. The first part there's no real horror in, is there? No, and then no. the second episode, it's just like let's throw the fucking kitchen sink in. Yeah, because it's yeah. like there's loads of horror then, yeah. and it's really it's not scary, but it's like oh bloody hell! And this is where. Um Mamamal comes back from uh, work covered in pig shit. shit. Covered in shit. He's yeah, yeah, fallen yeah, in yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's understandable that he's, livid, again. Yeah. that he's livid at being covered in pig shit, although you would think, mm, you're a vet, occupational hazards yeah. Yeah. in the countryside. <laughs> but the main yeah. reason why he's so mad is because Dick was laughing at me, <laughs> <laughs> laughing at me the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And, he, and his fragile ego, his Tory ego, cannot handle this. Chucks his clothes at his wife, stick him in disinfectant, but it's probably ruined. ruined. <laughs> yeah, Deal with this. I'm leaving. The, yeah. There's something slightly weird about his obsession with Dick, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's a bit like, oh, Dick's laughing at me. And um, it's like, don't worry, you're not in love with Dick. I, I, um, I, I think or I, are you? Yeah. I think he, he's desperate for Dick's approval. <laughs> How many of these can we bring out? How many Dicks can we bring out here? <laughs> <laughs> so... I've written about her life at this point. Um, it just looks um, quite an austere and joyless life. Mm. She's in this house all day on her own. There's no radio you ever hear. No, There's no, no television, TV. no. Yeah, you see her like, um, in bed reading, don't you? Yeah, it's very similar to... Have we watched Stigma? I can't remember if no, we've watched we Stigma. We should watch Stigma, because that's a really good one. Set in Avebury. It's one of the um, oh, stories. We can have that for Christmas. Yeah, we do that at Christmas. Yeah. Um, so that's... A, that's Quite a similar thing in a way, but um, again, it's that seventies thing of there's so many dramas about w- women being isolated in the countryside, and mm. all they've got is this kind of almost Victorian life of like knitting or sewing or 
and being told, oh, you're a stupid woman because you're pregnant. It's like, this is was set in the, this was made in the 70s. And yeah. It's more like the 1870s, yeah. isn't it? It's surprising what is just look now to us looks stupid. Yeah. Um, and passes off as being like a pertinent part of the story. I mean, it kind of, it kind of works within the story because, you know, she's worried about the pregnancy, but mm. I think there's better ways of going around rather than just shouting in her face yeah. for like a 50 minute, um, but this, play. This, this point, I think she sees like, Oh, we are going to be able to leave because he, yes. does, he hates it. And he, and he wants to, <laughs> and there's another job, which he, um, he turned down to get, come here, but he, yeah. he, he said he, he st- there's still an opportunity there while he's in yeah. the bath yeah. that he might be able to take this. So yeah. she's like, brilliant. Yes. And there's a way out. I can get out. Yeah. yeah. He's straight out. He's just had enough. Yes. As well, he's just like, I'm going. But then what turns, what comes up? Dick. 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 Yeah. Dick comes. Dick. Dick comes like a bad penny. Yeah. And, um, but. With Mrs. Dick. Yeah. Mrs. Dick. So within all this as well, I think you, at one point you see the chair rocking, don't you? Yes. You see. The the urn turns up again. Oh yes, and then you also have Dick. Uh, Dick, uh, Dick invites himself in. Yeah, um, and his wife, and his wife is extremely posh and uh, and I'm almost pissed. a she's almost a comedic character, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, she's very nice bouquet. For a, I yes, I a, wished, a regular keeping up appearances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she'd been in earlier. Yeah. Because I think she's a very good character. So she just, all she says is, don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry but to I, the woman. One thing I did like about, because at this point, Dick talks. Um, what, what is Mamma Moore's name in this? Anyone know? Oh, no. Anybody, anyway, she talk, Dick talks Mamma Charles. Ch- yeah. It, round to staying. So she's like, oh, you know, yeah. I've missed oh. my chance. Yeah. And basically they all get really drunk. And I yeah. thought, that's well, she out. doesn't. She doesn't. No, she doesn't. Um, because she's pregnant, but I think this yeah. is a this is a really good um, mechanism to have to have someone who can't drink because they're pregnant. Yeah, yeah, sur- yeah, yeah, yeah. Be surrounded by piss people who just are not listening to her at all. Well, they're so, just grotesque, aren't yeah. they? And mm. and they are yeah horrible, grotesque. And this is the point where things are getting hyping up. Yes, like so yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she thinks she sees the woman walk into another room, which is really effective. But then she's in. Somewhere else, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making, get, going through there, and yes. like, she's like, "Can you hear?" And she can hear noises, but the, yeah. the piss people are just like looking at her and then just yeah. talking about something else. Yeah, it's at really one good. point she says, "Invite them over for dinner. Make the f- is it fish thing?" And she says, "I never made it. I hate fish." That was your first wife, yeah, which I thought was fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing put down, and he's like, "You're right. It was my first wife." <laughs> And it's like, yeah. what happened to his first wife? Like, did yeah. he kill her? Yeah, so that's what's, that's what's in the urn. It's yeah. got shrunken down. And then they, they leave, uh, go yes. to leave, and there's a whole thing about drunk driving, which is just yes. made out to be a, a big joke. Um, yeah, it was the 70s. he's not going to get breathalyzed. But what you don't see them leave, all you have is a dubbed sound of a car and Simon McCorkindale waving, yeah. which again is just so, it's just like a play, yeah. isn't it? And doing like a, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, doing sure. a really bad kind of drunk acting. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so they go to bed and we're nearly at our denouement. 
Mm-hmm. Where he's snoring, she hears noises downstairs. She gets up to have a look around, and then how do we describe well, what happens? It's like the master uh, out of um, but the master's dead, all burnt. What's deadly assassin. Deadly actually, assassin. We, yeah. Right. Breastfeeding so, some pig. Yes. <laughs> Go on, James. Right, so she so she goes downstairs. She goes. Oh, 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 and just starts going absolutely mad. And then the yeah. horror cut is as you know, and for the benefit of. People like myself who have not seen the amount of Doctor Who that these two have. <laughs> yeah. It's like a very leathery face. Yeah. But it's, it's almost like a mask. Yeah. Isn't oh, it? It's so weird. And I've never it's it looks so shit. Yeah. Because it looks like it looks like a sock puppet. And it's the yeah. sort of thing painted you've on eyes. Nightmares. It is. But it's so effectively horrible that the and the sound effects are horrible. And then it's, you've got the the pig thing is alive and it's being it, suckled. Yeah, you can hear it's it, just like you can hear it sucking. You can hear but it sucking, and the noise. The, the, the witch, oh. the, the witch, isn't saying anything. No, but its mouth is flapping. Just yeah. the mouth is flapping. It looks and like it's the body in the bog, like doesn't it? Do you remember the body yeah, in the yeah, bog? Yeah, like it's toughless mouth, and it's yeah. just yeah. and she just goes. Yeah, drops to the floor. Knees, and yeah. obviously miscarries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you don't see that. But um. But it's one of those things which I like. Um, and my, the other example of this I can think of is in, in the M. Night Mashamalamalamalam films, mm. Signs, mm. where you yeah. see something which you think is going to be a jump scare and yeah. then it stays on screen for yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, too yeah. long. Yeah, and it's yeah, staying yeah. there longer for you. Like, and it's almost like you're expecting it to go, so you're, yeah. you're stuck in that shock and then you're like, I oh. can't take this in properly because it's on the screen. It's such a horrible... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but... It's, I would prefer this practical effect over any kind of CGI effect that look really photorealistic. Yeah. Because there's something really clumsy and horrible and awkward about the thing. Yeah. It's just horrible. But they cut back and it's not there anymore. So I think the implication is is all of this in her head. Well, yes, I think that's the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the final. But you never find out, do you? Because then the titles roll. Yeah. And the next next up is Dolphins. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> um, but I do feel like the power, the probably the the notoriety of this thing is probably all down to that thirty seconds. Yes, at the end definitely. Of that, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So, scores on the doors. Three, three and a half, maybe. Mm. What do you think, James? In comparison to now, I've spent the uh, most of the last month just telling people how amazing the road was, <laughs> yeah. and I keep thinking about it and what a clever and tight yeah. piece of it. This to me feels like, as we said, it's a number of the usual Nigel Neal things that you see in Stone Tape and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the folk horror thing of there's something buried underneath from the past and it's coming back and imposing on us now in the present day. But it did just feel, because of it being half an hour long, just like a sketch featuring lots of ridiculous shouting. So for me, it was a two. They are interesting. In comparison to The Road, it felt Yes. It, well, yeah, I think watching it after The Road is, was But it'd be interesting be to see if we, if we had watched The Road rather than listened to it, which I imagine would yeah. probably would have had a lot of the same style of acting. Would we have yeah. liked it? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Very yeah, good yeah, point. Yeah. Very good point. 
Um, I will probably give it 3.5. Yeah, same as me. It's not as strong as I remember, but it's still quite effective in lots of places. Um, But compared to Stone Tape and The Road, isn't it interesting that our two kind of top scoring things are are both Nigel Neal's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, to, to, to but when you're comparing anything to the two of the most famous pieces of like t- TV horror in, in British kind of TV yeah. history, um, but I think it's probably the best out of the Beasts strand. Yeah, as I will well. go back and watch the rest of them. Like I said, yeah, the Morning yeah, yeah. Club was yeah. good, but it, it went on a bit too long. And they're just they're just too long. Fifty yeah. minutes is is an awkward length, isn't it? Really yeah. to kind of because it's not feature length, so you can't kind of elaborate. But also, it's slightly too long for you know for something that's got a good reveal, like a kind of Tales of the Unexpected or um, yeah. Inside Number Nine, you know. But it, and I think maybe because we've seen a lot, uh, this is almost like the attitude towards women and and some of the characters are very similar to what we've already seen in the Stone Tape. It's almost yes, like, you know, we've I've seen this before. Yeah, uh, but doesn't mean it's less uh, pertinent. Um, so there we go. Well, they're just similar tropes. I mean, he obviously wrote them potentially like five years apart or yeah. something, didn't mm, he? Yeah. So, and also, that's what the world was fucking like in the same. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, to be fair, like I think the, the writing in this kind of makes, and in Stone Tape, the, the writing points to the fact that these um, kind of the way that the world was then is is idiotic and wrong. Yeah. Um, you know Simon McCorkindale and um, what's his name Peter Bryant in the in the Stone yeah. Tape. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they're not the goodies, are they? The, the women are the goodies, and it's the point that the women aren't being listened to, which is the kind of yeah. downfall of the of both women in the stories. Really, yeah. the men are failing to help them yeah. because they're patronising them, yeah. um, which is quite a nuanced, you know, way of 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 exploring. Yeah. Stuff like that. Cool. Well, that, there we are. Well, that ends our double bill of Nigel Neal. Yes, for, um, it's the hundredth mm. anniversary. Just God to bless say, him. Excellent. Uh, there's an excellent article in Fourteen Times issue before last, all about mm. Nigel Neal. Mm. Um, did you read any of that with the pictures I sent you, or was it hard to? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. And to say, I never realised he was married to Judith Kerr, who is no. famous for Tiger came, came to Tea. I, I don't think that. I realised that either. Um, and it's just incredible that in this article, they interview um, their children who said that their offices were just been left yeah. after they died. Because no way. And what her, all her, Judith, Judith Kerr's, all her paintbrushes and pencils all ready for her next wow. illustration. All his stuff was just left how it was. But when they had to sell the house, because they 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 said it felt like they were still alive if they a bit if they left their yeah stuff yeah alive. yeah yeah. And when they moved it, I don't know if you read this article, John. Um, Nigel Neal was also an amateur photographer, and they found loads of um, like slides of sh- pictures he'd taken on set of all the films and stuff, which Whoa. they didn't know. No one knew existed. So oh, that's amazing! Those are shots from like Quater Matter stuff. Oh, I hope they digitise those. Yeah. It's- so oh, that'd be amazing. There's some of them in the fourteen in fourteen times. So it's um, mm. that was really exciting um, mm. to see. Um, but yeah, lovely. Um, two very. Uh, I've read uh, Hitler stole Pit Rabbit Two um, by daughter, which is Judith Kerr's 
kind of quasi-autobiography about her fleeing Germany. Um, and it's an excellent book. And it's just, you feel like, two influential... Se- yeah, of, of the 70s, two big mm. influential people who um, mm. I didn't realise, you know, hit my life from two different points were actually mm. married, which is um, mm. it's great. Um, so lovely. So I'm, I'm sure that won't be the last um, Nigel Neal we do. If, uh, no. If this podcast carries on. So no. that's good. So something horrific? Yeah, so something horrific. If anyone um, read, watched, consumed in any way anything um, horrific since we last convened. Well, as I mentioned, I've been reading um, uh, Daphne du Maurier's weird fiction. And the most pertinent one, there's a really awful one called... um, Oh, it's something about a mountain, people living on a mountain. It was really long and then the ending was rubbish. But I read her short story of the birds, which obviously mm. inspired the film. Uh, very, very effective um, short story. Um, doesn't have a great deal to do with the film. It's set in Cornwall, wow. set on a farm. Um, it's very, very spooky. And it's in a kind of... Um, it's more more in the same kind of breath as... Uh, uh, the Triffids, Day of the Triffids, or um, Thingy... um, Midwitch Cuckoos? A a bit like Midwitch Cuckoos, or like The Death of Grass. So it's like a kind of um, what, you know, nature is turning against us kind of thing. Mm. Um, And it's really effective. And um, I don't know if I prefer it to the film in some ways, because it's got that British kind of setting. It's really short. It's quite brutal, in it, uh, in the way it is, and and you're just kind of left hanging. So, right, I'm going to read it's, that. It's not like the ending of the film of the birds, which is kind of slightly optimistic. It's just a bit mm. like, uh, are we all fucked? Basically, because mm-hmm. uh, the BBC goes off air. There's no help. There's no police. There's nothing because the mm. birds have just like killed everyone. So yeah. It's really effective. Right. Yeah. Just so saying. I think that's good. It's weird to think the BBC probably will go off the air in our lifetime. <laughs> if, if you think like how much stuff is going on to digital now, they will probably yeah, turn, yeah, turn yeah. off the BBC. Turn off the signal. Signal. Within our well, lifetime. if Nadine Dorries get away, yeah, we'll oh, all be watching Netflix. Fucking yeah. hell. The but, news on Netflix, isn't well, that, it? That is weird to think. Though. Well, they, the FN signal will go off in the next couple of years. So, that, yes. you reckon? That is, it is. It, it's part of what they're doing. It's oh. And medium wave as well, probably, yeah. is there? Yeah. I bloody love medium wave. You can't beat the sound of quality of medium wave. Yeah. Mono. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> as good as the quality of our podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you two got anything? I, yes. I Ross, you first. Uh, I watched a film last night, which um, John will never watch, called um, yeah. The Witch in the Window, um, which is a... It was made last year in Romania. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was... Um, it's on Shudder. It's American. <laughs> yeah, but right. We was flicking through and I said, every single one of filming here is the same synopsis, just like written slightly different. Everyone is moving into a house yeah. and there's something, yeah? there's something in the house. You um, don't say Cleves. But however, this one, uh, I would say it was actually quite moving and quite sweet. Because it was about mm. the relationship with um, an estranged father who takes the boy to help him do up a house which he's bought. 
Um, and there was a there was a bit in it which often I see twists coming, and I, and I was mm. like, there's a something was happening in this when I was like, something doesn't feel right about this scene. Mm. I don't know what it is, and when the twist happened, mm. okay, I'm going to say you guys aren't going to watch it. Sounds yeah, sounds yeah. almost quite watchable. Yeah, Great. yeah, it was, it was really good, but I've, I've ruined <laughs> it. I've ruined any aspect of it. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, that was really good. Yes. James, what's your one? Right. Well, mine is I have been watching uh, a series called Yellow Jackets. Oh, I've heard of this. What is ah, that? I see. It came up. Is it Heidi High, isn't it? Oh, the yeah, Yellow Jackets. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it is set. It's, it's intriguing in that it is set over two different time periods. It's set in the 1990s. So it's right up our roof straight away. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. also set in the present day. Mm-hmm. And what has happened is this girl's... Soccer. Sorry, I'm already yeah. just thinking. It's set in the fifties in a in a holiday camp. They camp, yeah, yeah, with with Simon Cadell and Paul Shane, <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, uh, Ruth Maddock. You've lost that love uh, feeling. <laughs> Incredible that footage. Uh, Jeffrey can't hear you. Uh, I did high. Right. So, um, so the, this American girls' football team are going to go and play in their national finals in the 1990s, and their yes. plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness. Now, Can I just say that Cleaver looks like a far right shock jock? <laughs> <laughs> For, what is Infowars or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah Alex Jones. Right. A few um, you can, a listener, you can't see this. He sat A-Cross. with his microphone set up, his cans on. Right. right. Oh, can't hear John. Oh, Ooh. John's gone. John's gone. John, can't hear you. Hello. Oh, there you go. Hey, he's back. Yeah. I, I, I missed all that insult. So that's good. <laughs> Don't worry. That's it'll good. be recorded. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so back in the 1990s, this girls football team, their plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness. And in the same way that we've seen like British folk horror, the horror is always the part, you know, the horror is buried underneath you. Because the, the horror, horror is us. As, as, whereas with America, the horror is often in the wilderness. Mm. It's just so oh, yeah. It's always and trees out there. It? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So they're in. So in the 1990s, they are basically. It goes Lord of the Flies. Mm. They're they're not being rescued, and they just tease you early on that there's something out there. There's mm. something out there, like something has been marking the trees with very kind of horror style, you know, kind of witch, Blair witch, yeah, yeah, yeah Blair mm. witch style things. And we've seen from the opening scene that mm-hmm. they really weird out. Like they, they've got <laughs> furs on and they're killing each other and you know they've gone cannibal. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's like, how do they get there? Whilst meet, oh, that's weird, isn't it? Whilst meanwhile, in the present day, three of them. So we figure out who three of them are, and they're like, we can't tell people what went on. And one of them is running for office and desperately trying to sort of keep a lid on the other two. But there's kind of. All of a sudden, they've started to receive postcards with this same kind of satanic Blair Witch-style messages on it. So on one hand, it's the, why did they all go feral? What's in the woods? Versus, as well, what on earth is going on in the present day? This is pretty Because What is it on? It is, well, it is currently on, in Great Britain, you have to basically have Now TV or Sky Mm -hmm. Atlantic. Mm -hmm. So that's um, now TV. Another bloody thing to stream. But the thing was, this this is how I do, because I bloody hate Rupert Murdoch and all the rest of it. What I do is, (laughs) if a while back, I had a brief now subscription. You cancel it. And then what you find they do is roughly every six months, they send you an email going, 
oh, please come back to us. Have now TV for two pounds for three months. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, and then what you can do is you just binge through everything yeah. that's come out over the last few months. Oh, that's again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Or just so, start a new email address. That's what I'll probably do. Uh, yeah. All, all that. But anyway, so I am four episodes in and I'm absolutely loving it. Oh, okay. Horry tinge, the 90s, mm. the two different narratives mm. and how they're keeping them separate but having them mm. play into each other. Brilliant. James, what is the name of the um, thing by the people who made uh, Dark, which is coming on? Oh, 18-something, isn't it? Hold on. I sent it to you, Ross. 18 Till I Die by Brian Adams. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There. Right. Okay. It is called uh, 1899. That looks really good. 1899. And it looks superb. Mm. That's the price that all DVDs used to be, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So next time we've got a choice because originally, if I go yeah. to my my um, spreadsheet, go to your spreadsheet, please. We were going to do Hands of the Ripper. Mm. Oh, However, nice. mm. uh, Dennis Waterman died. So mm. we then I was thinking about doing Scars <laughs> of Dracula. Mm. Which that is, would be a very good one. Which to was cover. which okay. was um, I think the inspiration for this podcast. Yes. Or we could do, do the Curse of Fenric. What I think, think we sh- I think we should do Scars because it was it's the first Hammer film that I ever saw. Okay, and I think you two would like Hammer's attempt at like a giallo uh, Italian. Okay, uh, it, it's it's mental. All right, so in which case, <laughs> and it's got Patrick Troutman. In. We would awesome. do well. I, for some reason it says now it says God. <laughs> This Cars of Dracula, which I think Cars of Dracula would be amazing. John would love all the different cars that Dracula had. Yeah. Um, so Cars of Dracula, and then yeah. we would do instead of Life Force with Patrick Stewart, which was oh, what that's was, mental. Which I wanted to do next. <laughs> uh, we will do. Um, uh, we will do Curse of Fenric the following. Yeah. I would say the following two weeks, but probably in in November. The rate we're going at Curse <laughs> of the amount of work I have on at the moment, it'll probably be in like yeah. three years' time. Okay, cool. But so catch us in three years' time for The Scars yeah. of Dracula. Yeah, amazing. I'm looking forward to that one because that's a, that's a proper uh, that's a proper um, general witch finders, that is. Okay, cool. All right, until then, I'm, I'm picking up... The, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm, yeah. Hang loose. Love, light, and peace. Yeah, love, light. Yes. yes. Um, Stay safe, everyone. Thank happy you for listening, day, as always. Catch you later. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to The General Witchfinder. Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witchfinders. Subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com. Farewell. You don't have nightmares. Why stencil font? Why is it that like <laughs> it's like mash? It looks like mash or something to do with a war, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
Um, what's James doing? He's t- he's tinkering away with his laptop there, isn't he? I think he's holding up his, his phone. Or is he trying to take a picture of something? I don't know. I think he's taking a picture of something. Can he not? I don't, I don't think he can hear us. Can he hear us? James? James? This is where we realise James has been recording. <laughs> James? <laughs> has James died? And now we can just see a loop of... Yeah, um... it's, just a, it's just his ghost. James. Oh, hang on. He sent us a picture. He sent I'm us back. a picture, please. I'm back. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. I'm back. What happened? Just all of a sudden, just John talking, Zoom froze and I lost yeah. the sound. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And, and then, then Zoom came back in, but I couldn't hear anything. Okay, well, let me just uh, stop this a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Download what we got. Where, where did I get to, James? One sec, stop. Ah. Oh, John. <laughs> you, that's not true. I can't remember that. Um, the Deadly Assassin, which well, is one of Tom Baker's greatest stories. Uh, much loved by Mary Whitehouse for the drowning sequence at the end of episode. It's when they first visit Gallifrey, three, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Um, it's not when they first visit Gallifrey, but you hear a lot of the the the, the what becomes canon. Yes. The first visit to Gallifrey is arguably um, the War Games, and then it's next in um, Three Doctors. Oh, I didn't realise. Okay, so I will edit. Anyway, that out. I will edit that out so I don't sound like an idiot.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.